So I played the Resident Evil 4 remake demo, and here's how it went. It's a mean kick. Jesus. He's chilling, dude. It's fine. But you know what? I rethought everything. I'm just gonna hang out. Leon, don't give a fuck. That guy's like, that was a sick trick, dude. I'm gonna put my axe down now. I respect you, doing the X game shit. Boom, you guys both get one. What's up? Jesus, he's a stone cold killer. Oh god. Alright, that one. Sloppy, but decent. Stealth kill, dude. Mmm. True. Imagine how awkward this would be if they just like look over him just like this. No, it's going for the fucking leg. What's that guy? What is he doing? Oh my god. Oh shit. Woo. I'm just trying to get the fuck out this door, you know what I'm saying? It's dinner time, guys. I'm not done. I'm not done with this motherfucker. What are you even doing? What are we doing here? Joke's tired, dude, and so am I. Hell yeah. And outside of the mouse feeling like there's some smoothing going on, which I hate in games, I absolutely love this demo and I cannot wait for this game to come out. Let me know if you tried the demo or if you're planning on doing it, and are you excited for Resident Evil 4 Remake? What's going on, guys, and welcome to episode 183 of the Tasty Cast, our weekly podcast where we talk all things gaming. In this episode, we talk about a lot of stuff, including Robocop. Rogue City gameplay. We talk about Remnant 2 and how when you play it and I play, we'll experience different things. We watch the Capcom spotlight better late than ever. And uh, we go over Resident Evil 4 Remake. We talk about the demo. I've played it. We talk about Exoprimal. And then we go over and read your guys' comments. We also talk about Dr. Disrespect, the video I put out. I kind of elaborate more on my concerns with him, with NFTs, and with this discussion carrying forward. And as always, I'll have everything chaptered. So if there's a specific topic you want to see us cover, make sure to check that out. Make sure to like this video. It helps us out a lot. Make sure people get to see this video because YouTube does not help me with that at all. And comment if you have things to say. We always love you guys' comments and you may be featured on a future Tasty Cast. And yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. What's going on, guys? And welcome to episode 183 of the Taste Cast, our weekly podcast where we talk all things gaming. My name's Seth, and joining me today is Chevy on my left and on your right. Chevy, 
I hope you're doing well. I hope you are ready to talk about the games we've been playing. A lot of it has been VR, so that'll be a fun conversation. I've joined you in uh, picking up VR again and uh, getting my Vive set up. We will talk about that. Um, but I made a video uh, earlier, no, last week, late last week, about um, Dr. Disrespect uh, introducing NFTs into his uh, newest game. Uh, in which he called people brain dead if they were not uh, essentially into it. If they're naysayers, they're brain dead. Um, we can talk about that a little bit, but I was just trying to, I was going to ask you, uh, maybe give us an update. How do you feel about NFTs in video games? It's been a while since we've talked about that. Um, honestly, my my only opinion is uh, that if it's not adding... Uh, anything to the gameplay experience, I don't care. So yeah. Um, so you're not incentivized by the potential of getting something in a game and becoming rich. No. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm not easily incentivized uh, by money, anyways. Though, so I mean, sure. But you don't play video games to to win big. I don't gamble. Or yeah. anything. Somehow. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on the same page. Uh, it was really interesting because I made that video. I put it up uh, on TikTok. I put it up on YouTube where okay. I was pretty uh, critical of uh, Dr. Disrespect because um, I felt like, first off, we're repeating the conversation we've already had when it came to Ubisoft and Square Enix, and they've both backed off that uh, significantly. Square Enix, in fact, got rid of that president and they're bringing on someone else. Um, the guy who's pushing NFTs, he's gone, I guess. Um, and so to have Dr. Disrespect come back, trying to get people excited about NFTs again after the crash that happened, they're, they're not valuable anymore. And then when people, you know, predictably, of course, criticize it, you know, he went out and said that they're brain dead. I found that, um, kind of insulting because he should be, you know, have his finger on the pulse a bit on, uh, the gaming community and how much, uh, uh, I'm very proud of them for doing this, uh, rejected NFTs, um, and so, yeah, on YouTube, didn't get a whole lot of uh, uh, views or, or comments on it, which is fine. But we've got a couple we'll be reading at the end of the episode. But over on TikTok, I got uh, quite a bit of uh, comments about this. And it was funny, like 98% of people pretty much agreed with my take. Uh, they don't want NFTs in games. They think Dr. Disrespect is you know being ridiculous, all that kind of stuff. A lot of people don't like the guy, which I thought was surprising considering he's such a popular uh, streamer. I've never been a big fan of him because I think a shtick of just yelling about stuff is not not interesting. Um, but I got some people that were kind of defending him, saying he's uh, he knows what he's doing. He's going to revolutionize FPSs. Um, if he's doing NFTs, it's going to be the right thing. Um, I thought that was really interesting. Most people didn't see it that way, but some people did, and I, I respect their opinions. Um, and so a couple things were kind of offered when it came to the NFT thing. Uh, I guess the idea is there will be an object you're playing for. And if you extract out with it, that's the NFT and that could be worth money. Um, and so people are saying in championships, that could be good for like viewers. There's money on the table. Um, and I kind of agree with that. If everybody was like a professional and they're playing for a prize like that, if you value NFTs, if there's actually money with it, that's one thing. But I think that could be interesting if you're into esports. I'm not, so it doesn't do anything for me. But then when people are talking about that, you could win that. That's where I start getting the red flags a bit because that first off is inviting to hackers, mm. right? If you're a hacker, you're capable of doing stuff like that and you know you could make money off this game, 
by getting this object, it's going to incentivize hacking quite a bit. Uh, secondly, it seems predatory because it feels like a carrot on a stick to me. That's like, hey, come play my game. Probably spend money on microtransactions because you could win big. You can make this this money, and uh, not everybody's going to be making that money. So those are kind of two of my uh, concerns with it. But the championship thing kind of makes sense to me. Uh, as long as there's like legitimacy to it, obviously, if you're part of a professional team, you're probably not going to be hacking. You'll be get caught. So, what do you think about that? Does, does any of that sound positive? Do you agree with me on the terms of it feeling predatory? Um, I, I don't know about positive, I, I or negative for that matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's just. I mean, it's effectively the equivalent of someone going and watching a horse race to me, and it's yeah. just not something I relate to, so I can't really connect to it at all. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't care about competition, so I'm kind of the—I think I'm the wrong person to ask for that. Uh, as far as like predatory, I mean, it's just as bad as any other thing, like loot boxes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, only if it was like you know there's a five percent chance or a one percent chance whatever that you could get a loot box that actually will give you money it just feels like like you said it feels like gambling yeah in that sense um obviously if the game's like free to play there's no buy-in but they are trying to incentivize you to i'm sure give them money because they're gonna have to make money off this so it just seems well video games aren't charity so yeah exactly i agree so um, but you kind of raise a, a decent point in your, you know, lack of having a whole lot to say on it is that you lack interest in the whole thing. And I think that's kind of important because I'm kind of on the exact same page when it comes to my personal interest in playing the game. But then my side of like, you know, keeping track of what's happening in gaming, keeping track of what's happening in the gaming community and the overall conversation of like practices, good and bad. Um, that's where I get more invested in this conversation. I have a lot to say about it, but yeah, when it comes down to the game, there is no selling factor for me when it comes to the potential of winning a a big prize or whatever. Um, the idea of this being an esport thing, I mean, that could be exciting for people who are into esports, but I'm not, I have no interest in that. So that doesn't do anything for me either. And when I did have this, this is probably the biggest point I have when it comes to this topic, the interest I had in playing dead drop, I think that's the name of his game. It's still there, but I feel like it's been weakened now that I know that he wants to go in this direction because it seems less interesting to me now as opposed to before when I'm like, oh, it's just going to be like an online shooter. I like that kind of thing. But um, yeah, now that it's like turning into this, like people are going to be playing to try win big or whatever. That just sounds like a virtual casino to me and like I just kind of losing me there. So, you know. Even if the game was cool looking, if that's the model they're going to be going for, there's a good chance I will not be interested in that. And I, I'm curious about, and let me know in the comments if you guys have opinions on this, obviously, um, how that will affect a lot of people. I feel like it will attract certain people. People who are into esports, people who are into like, competitive gaming, um, stuff like that. But I don't know. It seems like a really stupid direction to go in, possibly. So, yeah. So you're not interested in it. I'm not interested in it, but I do. I'm still curious about the game, if I'm being honest. Um, and then, yeah, the way I think 
he handled himself in terms of he said brain dead. So it's not like he said like people are fucking stupid or you guys are assholes. Well, he wasn't like, you know, super insulting, but it is insulting in terms of like how long we've been having the conversation about NFTs for years now in gaming. And he's going to come out and act like he's doing something crazy and then, you know, tell people that they're brain dead if they have concerns about it. it seems a little uh, disconnected from everything, especially not to talk about too much, but like, you know, with the economy where it's at and people, you know, possibly wanting to spend money on more important things, uh, it seems weird to, you know, be like, oh, you just don't get it. Like, you know, wanting these NFTs um, seems ridiculous to me. So, yeah. Yeah. A little disconnected. Um, do you have anything else you want to say on that? No, just not interested. I feel it. Let me know in the comments what do you guys uh, think about uh, the Dr. Disrespect situation with Dead Drop NFTs. If you are pro that, uh, don't think I'm just going to be like, oh, if you, if you, if you like that, I'm going to have a you know, big thing to say about it. You can have your own opinion. That's cool. Uh, but let me know what, what you see positive out of it. Uh, if, is there something that maybe I didn't bring up that you think uh, could be implemented to make NFTs in this game uh, interesting? I've been pretty clear about how I think NFTs might make their way into gaming later, and it would make sense but we're not there yet. And uh, if you are a critic of this, uh, let me know as well. Uh, that's pretty much mostly what I hear is criticism of this, but um, I'm open to all ideas. So yeah, let me know everything you're thinking about in the comments below when it comes to NFTs, Dr. Disrespect, and Dead Drop. Um, all right, so let's jump into what we've been playing, where we talk about the games we've been playing. Um, what have you been playing? Uh, not a lot. Uh, I have been playing No Man's Sky. Whether that is in VR or not in VR, depending on um, you know mood or the controllers having any juice in them for the VR, um, which might be important to kind of let people know how that works in case they're thinking about picking up the PSVR too. You like when you're on juice, you can't have them plugged in while you play. They cannot be plugged in. So you have yeah. to you have to print, stop your gaming session or buy a second pair of controllers. Yeah. Um, it gives you a pretty ample warning uh, when they're running out of battery, but the uh, the life I think is advertised as four hours. I get mm -hmm. about six, so it's probably depending on what you're playing. Probably well, and it's probably um, conservative, so that you know they're not liars. So sure, I just know like um, just like with a controller, if a game has a lot of vibration happening constantly with everything your controller life's going to die quicker than a game that has less vibration yeah well and i know like specifically with the dual sense it has the um the microphone built in as well which is mm -hmm. um muted or not is still constantly active so it just drains power well even with my vive when i was kind of hopping around games reacquainting myself with vr some of them had some feedback and some of them had constant feedback. Everything I grabbed, did anything, it's just going and I'm just like, this is gonna kill the battery pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, I haven't played too, uh, a whole lot of games, so I don't really have like a a wide uh sample size to kind of go with the battery life on them, but uh, I get about six hours on No Man's Sky with them, so. Um, yeah, as far as that goes, I've been kind of playing it by myself and then a little bit of multiplayer here and there. I've um, still kind of, like, getting my bearings, but I'm at a point now where, like, the, the story is no longer, like, 
constantly teaching me stuff to do as much as like just having me go places and do things now, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think it's a little weird. It gives you like right off the pretty early on. I should rather that, uh, this, you get two main stories instead of just one. So I was having uh, a bit of, uh, confusion on which one I should probably do first. And, uh, when I looked it up online, a lot of people had suggested the, the uh, you know, one over the other. I, I don't remember the names right now, but um, something about following Artemis or something like that being the the one to do first because it uh, puts you in a path to like unlock a bunch of stuff for the game, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the when does that happen? Because I haven't. I don't think I've had a choice in two stories unless I do, and I just don't know. You're gonna get to a point where you. Well, I guess it's spoilers don't really matter too much for that game. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't care. You're gonna you're gonna summon a, an orb uh, space station, and you can summon it in any system because it's it's effectively the multiplayer hub. But uh, okay. But when you get that, you're gonna talk to an NPC in there, and then the quest is gonna have two. Uh, like, uh, it'll branch into two things basically. So, um, yeah, uh, the. VR experience, I really, really like in this game. I think it's pretty much the only way I want to play the game. Obviously, I can't do that all the time because um, the battery life or uh, one downfall of VR is you're not staring at a clock occasionally. Uh, so it's really easy to forget how long you've been in there. I get uh, What's that? Virtual desktop? Not on PlayStation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot. I just was thinking VR. Yeah. So, yeah, never mind. Um, so I have to hit the, like, I have to, like, remind myself to hit the PlayStation button every once in a while to check the clock. You've been saying this since last Tasty Cast, talking about losing time in VR, and it's been a while since I've been playing my VR, and I can definitely back you up in, in terms of, like, the last couple nights, you know, I got to work. I'm, not, I'm like, I'm not going to play very long, and then I put the headset on, and we're playing, and then, like, I take it off, I look, it's, like, 5.30 a.m. I'm like, oh, my God, dude. I was only going to play for, like, an hour. Yeah. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, it's it's easy to just forget what's happening in the real world. Well, and it's just, you know, you're so immersed, I, I suppose, would be what it is, that you're not thinking about um, outside of the, the headset. Well, it's funny, because so. you're immersed because the game's immersive, being in VR, being a, in a digital world, but you're also immersed because you have to be because it's not you're not holding a controller and just pressing buttons. You're physically having to focus yeah. on everything around you because you have to interact with it, just like in real life. So it's really easy to forget you're just sitting there like just playing something and like you're like, oh, I got to open the door. I got to reach for it. Okay, open that. Oh, I got to mess with this computer. Oh, I got to fly my ship. Like, yeah, it's mm. just a more interactive experience. Yeah, um, which is kind of a weird experience to have because I don't really get immersed. Um, well, really anything. It's so. hard for me to be immersed. Yeah. I don't know if I have like ADHD or something, but like when I try to read a book, I constantly think about how I'm sitting there looking at a book while I'm also reading. So yeah, it like, takes me about, God, I don't know, 30 minutes if I'm reading a book to like actually be able to start reading it. Yeah, it's almost never so. happened for me. And then like... Um, Movies are, are something I can get sucked into, but I'm always I always think about how the movie is directed and I think about the actors' performances in the moment and like so I'm not immersed in that world. Right. But I am immersed in like I love movies and the, yeah, so most mediums, it's like any video games, a lot of times I'm like thinking about what's happening around me and shit. But uh 
Yeah, VR is a different animal for sure. Mm. It's almost impossible to, if you're not immersed in it within 20 to 30 minutes, I don't know. I don't know how that would be possible because within like 20, 30 minutes, I'm just like, I'm forgetting. I'm just sitting in a room. I'll say really the only thing that kind of pulls me out of it is if I start feeling, um, and it's only really happened with one game so far, but if I start feeling a little sick from it, mm-hmm. sick is probably not the right word. I don't, I don't think I've ever felt sick, but dizzy. I get a little dizzy. Uh, depending on the motion controls. I got a headache from one game ever. Mm. And it was a game where you swing around on a rope a lot. And the motion, I started getting like a really bad headache. And I was like, whoa, that's weird. Because yeah. I've never experienced any kind of ill feeling from a visual. Yeah. Like people get car sick. Stuff like that. I've never had anything like that. Yeah, I've only really experienced, in, not in a sick sense, but like, to you know, I keep saying sick. But I, I mean dizzy. I get like mm. a little bit dizzy. Um not feeling good if if the movement's too fast in VR, and yeah. part of that is obviously going to be um, uh, not being used to to playing it often because uh, you know I've only ever really kind of sampled it throughout the past. The first time I've owned um, a headset and like used it on a on a semi regular basis. Yeah, that's so, true. Because um, before, like you would like check out something on the Vive. A lot of times, you'd be like, "Oh, check this out, check this out," but you weren't sitting there playing it for hours. Yeah. And the PSVR so. one, you know, like there's only yeah. so many options I could do with that because I didn't have the move controllers. It kind of felt, so. we talked about it before, but like, you know, it's cool what they could do with it, but mm. it still kind of felt novelty for the PlayStation because you didn't have any like deep experiences yeah. really on there. So it's yeah, just yeah, like sure. experiences. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the. Uh, the VR version, No Man's Sky, um, I mm. do think is like the way to play it. Um, if you can, you should. Hard agree. Um, plays fine on a controller, but I don't know. It's just not the same. Though I, I, I am much better at dogfights with a controller than I am in VR. Um, oh, well, oh, I remember. Was, go ahead. It is really interesting that like in VR, you grip the throttle and the and the. Um, What's it called? The fucking stick. Joystick? Wow. <laughs> flight stick. I, yeah, flight stick. Um, and so, at least with the Vive, when you lean forward and backward, it moves the stick, and then you like push it forward and backward to get different speeds. Um, and at first, it feels kind of weird. But then after, you know, pretty quickly, there were some pirates that flew in, and you like jumped in your ship, and I was like, I want to try that. So I jumped in my ship. And uh, at first I wasn't getting hits, but then like I started getting kind of used to it. I'm like, oh, okay. And like I've played plenty of like, you know, Ace Combat style games, so I'm like shooting ahead. The game's pretty lenient about if you shoot around the ship, you're hitting it. But uh, it was actually a lot of fun, but it was just interesting getting used to that. So I assume with a controller, jumping in and flying is probably a lot easier than the slight learning curve of, uh, you know, VR. Yeah, and this is going to obviously vary from person to person, but, like, the, sure. the part that that's difficult for me is there's no resistance. You know, you're holding yeah. an imaginary flight stick with that ha- has no um, pressure at all. Mm-hmm. It's just your hand in the air flopping around, basically. So yeah. um, it's really easy to just, like, oversteer a lot, I find. So, um, and then I get, like, got to reorient myself and I'm terrible at directions. That's that regardless of VR, I, I get lost in a shoebox. So, um, so yeah, I, I struggle a little bit with, with the space fighting, but on the ground with, uh, using a, like a gun to, to fight things and stuff. 
uh, man, is it fun to be able to just aim however you want. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've, I was like just like goofing off one time and I was like holding the gun sideways and trying to aim that way or like aiming over a railing while behind it and stuff like that. Uh, and that game's not really like a shooter. I just, I do that in like every VR game where you're shooting guns. Mm-hmm. I'll just like do like try to do trick shots and stuff yeah. just to see what happens. Yeah. It's fun. Um, mm-hmm. cause I mean like what, what other opportunity you got to, to, you know, essentially use a firearm that way in a safe manner. Sure. <laughs> and there's no FPS that can give you that experience. Yeah. Cause you're not controlling the hand. You're just looking and shooting. Yeah. So, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, the multiplayer seems to work pretty good. Um, the game does crash sometimes and that seems to be PC and console. I was playing with, uh, two people, one point, one on PC, one on PlayStation, not in VR. All three of us crashed at some, at one point or another. So, um, and I don't no, think I crashed. No yeah. rhyme or reason for to that. Um, I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah, I've crashed the game twice total, and I have like hours and hours. So like, it's not like a common thing, but common enough that you know it just kind of happens. And it's how just many hours do you think you have? Mm, I gotta be close to thirty, I'd say at this point. Oh, that's not. I think I'm about to say three hundred. I'm like, ooh, no, 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 no. I haven't had it that long. <laughs> um, I don't think I've had three hundred hours to invest into the VR. So. Um, the multiplayer also just kind of throw it out there uses a friend code system, but that's because it has crossplay. Uh, I hate it. It is annoying to get set up, but once it's set up, they're on your friends list. Yeah. And you can just hop in a game with them as long as they're in the multiplayer menu when they start their game. So. If I had to type that in every single time, I would limit the amount of times I'd be playing that game. Yeah. yeah it literally just adds a person to your list. Um, and I get why they do it. Cause obviously, uh, they need a means to con- communicate between different well, devices. There's the other way that most people do, and that's have a Hello Games account that you would sign up to, and then you would add them as a friend via their yeah. servers. But uh, they probably didn't want you to have to sign up for a bunch of shit. So they probably give you that code that's mm-hmm. unique to you so that the game just in the server knows who exactly you're talking about. And I think part of that, too, is because your, your save is... Um, like if I log into the PC version, I that my character's not there. It's on my PS5 only, so mm. um, and it's non-transferable. So um, yes, yeah, it's not account based. Yeah, because so you I, don't I, have I think a the code is part of your save file. Yeah. So um, I would prefer if they did like a login with a cloud save or something, but it's just not the way they do it. Um, it's not a huge deal. It's a small inconvenience, but after that, it works fine. Uh, I do wish the multiplayer was a little bigger. Four player seems a little small, but the game also didn't have multiplayer when it came out. So. Better than two and three, though. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. Uh, especially two. I think two would be a little silly for a space game like this. So I'd still play it. Yeah, I mean, but I uh, but yeah, a game this big for is definitely where you want to start. Yeah, for sure. But I think uh, like uh, having like a group of like six to 12 people I think would be really neat yeah, yeah not that I play with that many people but if, if you can just go where the fuck you want yeah but be connected like there isn't like a well how do we get all 12 people here just I don't, I don't know well, the other thing has been nice too um, and this is more of a Sony thing Sony discord thing but with uh, discord working through PlayStation now it was really it's been really nice with the crossplay aspect of it to just be in discord because <laughs> mm-hmm. then the PC guys uh, and and the console guys, we can all talk to each other. Have uh, you tried that out yet? I was in Discord with you via the PS5. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, with my VR headset using its mic and its 
earbuds. So yeah, next time, a lot of times when I play games, uh, just because these microphones are better than any headset, um, I typically use this. Yeah. But in VR, it's kind of rough because I don't want this near me when I'm reaching right. around and, and stuff. And designed to be near you. Yeah. Ex- yeah, yeah. You want to be like right on top <laughs> yeah, of these, yeah. and so. Um, I had it moved back a bit, so you probably could hear more of the room. I was probably not as loud as I could be. You were be. just quiet. I don't know if I really heard too much of the room. There was a little bit, but it wasn't yeah. bad. But at least my voice is going to have a little bit reverb to it. Mm. Um, next time, I'm just going to use my headset with the shittier mic, but I'd rather you be able to hear me up close than from across the room. Well, especially because, like, and obviously audio design in, in games and any media, really, um, like music and some sound effects will just be, like, super loud. Sure. So, like, when ships are landing, for example, I drown anything you were trying to say out. So Yeah. Um, Speaking of music, I love the music in this game. I, I, I didn't forget that because I'm actually a really big fan of the soundtrack of this game. And I've not played this game a whole lot. But it's done by 65 Days of Static, and I just fucking love it. And so I've listened to, to that album more times, so much more than I've invested time in the game. And so, like, when we were playing... Every once in a while, some of the songs that I love off the album would start playing. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Like every time I hear it, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm, I'm in heaven right now. I love this. So, um, but yeah, sometimes it would just kind of build up and be loud and I could barely hear you. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I have a lot to do in the game still. Um, it's kind of hard to like talk about checkpoints because I don't really, it's a kind of a sandbox game. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's fun. It's also just a good place to like socialize. Like, um, I was in voice chat, you know, with you obviously, but then also with, uh, um, with Chris and, and scream and we were all three doing our own things and just chatting. And then occasionally someone would be like, Hey, you got any gold or Hey, you got any this? And someone just like, yeah, I got someone. And they'd fly it over real quick, drop it off, go back to what they're doing. So, um, it's nice. Don't have to think too much and you can just kind of do your thing. And then if you want to socialize, you can go up and, you know, be in person or not. It doesn't matter. So, mm-hmm. anyways, that is literally all I've been playing in the last week. So, nothing else. Nothing. Well, nothing of note. I've been playing mobile games, so I'm not going to talk about those. So, all right. Well, I guess I'll start off saying I've been playing No Man's Sky. Haven't played it a whole lot, but I've done two sessions now um, with you talking about it a lot and having experienced the PSVR two again. It's kind of gotten me going like, oh yeah, I have I have VR, and so I hooked up my Vive. Um, had a couple issues with the setup, as every time I ever take a break from VR and I set the Vive up again, there's some issue that pops up, yeah. but I always get past it, and we did, and it works great now, so having a great time with it, and uh, yeah, I kind of hopped around, played a couple different VR games, kind of reacquaint myself, I'm not going to talk about those too much, just because you know, a lot of them are old, like I was playing Gorn for a little bit, which is an arena combat game, it's a lot of fun, uh, I played some Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, which is... Uh, I didn't really play that a whole lot when it first came out, but I bought it when it came out, played it now, and it's pretty impressive. Um, and then I got a bunch of other games I plan on playing soon. Um, but I played No Man's Sky, because you've been talking about it quite a bit for like a, a week now, week and a half, maybe two weeks, I don't know. Um, and uh, it's it's really neat. I, uh, I've always had a hard time getting super sucked into No Man's Sky, because I played it back when it came out, and even though a lot of people had their criticisms of it, I remember playing it and all my suspicions of what it was going to be like were exactly what it was. I was like, my first thought was like, oh no, people are going to be so upset about this game. But I was like, okay, it's an exploration game. It's amazing since the time that game came out, how fucking far this game has come. Mm -hmm. There's so much shit you can do in this game and so much 
things you, like you can interact with. Uh, there's combat, there's base building, terraforming. You fly everywhere. Like they've just added so much stuff to this. And so yeah, anytime I try to get back into it, I always get to the t- tutorial part, puts me on some shitty planet that's just murdering Which me instantly. Are on. And, uh, <laughs> and it's always kind of a, a detriment to trying to get into the game and learn it when like the planet's just murdering you. Um, also, you mentioned this before a little bit when it came to you prefer this on VR. I also do because uh, after I played a couple sessions of this in VR, um, I played real quick, just the normal version on PC. Um, and even the UI is not as good in the base game as opposed to VR. Uh, everything you're looking at is just all on the screen, just taking up a lot of room. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds stupid because it's like, what else would they do? But like in VR, there's like a lot of periphery happening where like my menu is on my gun. So like I can move it over and like the other menu will be over here. And like some of my objectives are like down to my lower right near like my foot level. And then I got some information in the top left over here if I look up to it. And like it just feels more open and clean as opposed to. When I was playing it with mouse and keyboard, mm-hmm. um, even though that was a little tighter in aiming, oh, yeah. um, actually my hand, I, I aim pretty quickly, but like, you know, your head movement and stuff is just a little looser, especially flying, stuff like that. But um, I, I did a little bit of base building whatever with the mouse and keyboard, and it, f- it almost felt better because it just felt a little more precise. Well, I don't agree with that. I love um, the way the base building feels. I think it feels VR. good too, yeah. but the perspective's weird. Yeah. Because I'm like there looking at this giant wall, like going like, oh, yeah. I'll put that here. Whereas like on a uh, you know, mouse keyboard, it, it feels more gamey, I guess, and less immersive. Yeah. I, the thing I just like is I can go like this, point. Like point, mm-hmm. point, 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 point. It's still really cool in VR the yeah. way they did it. Um, it's very impressive. Um, but I've been jokingly saying since I've played this, this feels like when this came out in 2016, which is fucking crazy. It came out that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it came out then. It always says 2016 at the bottom when you load it. Um, a game that came out that long ago, it feels like this game was a VR game that didn't have VR support yet. <laughs> because I'm playing it now, I'm like, this is the way the game's supposed to be played, I think. Because <laughs> like, the other way to play it feels uh, less less of like the experience you get from this like i don't know it's they did a really good job uh with the uh i almost said vr port but the the adaptation to vr they did a really good job in that um and it seems like they they make a version of it for you know any vr platform it's on too because like the when the psvr 2 came out they made a psvr 2 version of the Mm-hmm. The, the VR stuff. So, yeah, I think it, we're well past Hello Games making up for anything. But um, yeah. so, like they they should charge for their next big thing if they wanted to. I think they've they've earned it at this point. But um, I mean, they're still charging sixty bucks for a game that's you know closing in on ten years old. So. Sure, but they update <laughs> huge updates yes. regularly. It's crazy. So uh, it's kind of a steal um, at this point to spend sixty dollars and get this much content, especially for VR. There's not a whole lot of games like this. Yeah. Um, but uh, what was I saying? Before that, before they've made up for it, they should charge for the next big thing. Oh yeah, they, they've they've made up uh, for it. Um, oh, this is what I was gonna say. So, um, it it just feels like Hello Games is still trying to prove to people how dedicated they are to doing as much as they can to make the game awesome. 
uh, and that's why I meant by um, mm. they made up for it already a long time ago. They don't need to do that, but like they could have half-assed the VR. They didn't. They didn't have to make a PS VR two version, except for obviously they wanted to put it want to put it on there. But like they're going out of their way to do a lot of these little things for a game they're they're not charging for anymore outside of the base game, um, and I admire it. But at this point, I'm like, guys, you got you're not in the wrong anymore. Like. The, the thing you lied about originally it's not a lie anymore so like yeah. uh, and you've done more than anyone ever expected for this game so um, you know it's, it's just crazy the support the game's got so anyway uh, the VR is a lot of fun um, the training uh, tutorial is still kind of frustrating but better than it was and uh, yeah did some base building I thought that was really neat did some flying around really neat it's cool to be able to fly into space fly to a space station Go to your frigate that was fucking massive. Uh, fly back to my planet. Shoot at space pirates. Uh, you know, explore, build, terraform, all that stuff. Really cool experience. Um, and definitely. I was just saying, I don't think I'll, I'll get sick of like sitting in a cockpit like in VR. Like it's just such a cool thing. Yeah, it's neat. So. Um, and this feels a little more relaxed than like when I tried like the Ace Combat VR, where I'm like. Yeah. breaking my neck trying to keep up with everything happening but this everyone's just kind of like just kind of like gliding around not very fast so um yeah so that's a uh, really cool and yeah i'm gonna probably play more for sure because i'm enjoying it uh okay so non-vr games or as the vr people online call them flat flat games they always say if it's like a mod they're like flat flat to vr um which i found out there is a deep rock galactic flat to vr mod that i'm very interested in checking out um but enough about it's like anime people calling non-anime watchers normies hmm. there's a lot of normies out there people call pill normies about a lot of things when they're not sure initiated. I just, it's it kind of reminds me of that yeah um, those games you know flat or whatever yeah yeah it's just weird that like the the way games have been since the beginning of time they're like oh those are flat games so like oh, those are video games um but I get it. It makes sense, especially when you're talking about like, right. you know, what kind of what did they make like a Resident Evil Four VR game or is it a flat to VR mod? Right. It, it makes it makes sense why they say it. Um, okay, so let's see a bunch of little games I played recently that I won't have a lot to say on. Uh, I played Last Epoch again. Um, this is a game I bought in early access a while ago, and it is a Diablo style game. Um, I originally bought it. I played it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat. It's not the best looking game ever, but it's got some pretty cool systems. I think the leveling uh, system for the classes, each class, there's you know what you expect, some kind of warrior, some kind of rogue, some kind of blah, blah, blah. But then you get to a certain level, you can start specking into one of their three trees. It starts turning you know the rogue into an archer or an assassin, stuff like that. Um, and the game's pretty fun, but when I first bought it and played it, I was like, hell yeah, dude. All Diablo-style games have multiplayer. All of them. Um, this one didn't. And for like years, they're like, we're going to work on multiplayer. We're going to try and implement it. And I'm like, okay, get back to me when you do that. Well, uh, it's out in beta now just came out. So I was like, well, maybe it's time to finally play that game. Um, so I've been playing it. Haven't played with people yet. Haven't tested that yet, but, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I could see myself playing it more. Um, especially with, uh, I don't know. Uh, Wilson. I haven't played that, but Wilson's Chapter 4 is coming out soon, like in a week or something like that. Uh, you remember how the end just kind of cuts off? 
kind of. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I remember when we talked about it, um, I, I really loved Wilson, but the end of the story does just kind of like end. And yeah. it's like, okay, where's it going with that? And uh, I was kind of expecting an expansion, but they're finally releasing Chapter 4, which is supposed to implement a new endgame. Um, so that's interesting. So I was kind of thinking about hopping into that, but then I saw this at multiplayer, and I was like, man. And then uh, Diablo 4 is supposed to have a beta soon. But I guess if you buy some fast food, you can get into it early. And I'm like, that's... KFC, yeah. yeah, I'm like, wow. I'm not trying to give them free advertising. But, uh, yeah, I... I I mean, I guess if you go to KFC anyway, it would make sense. So like, oh, I guess I can play it early. But like, I would not go out my way to go get some KFC to get into a beta early. It seems kind of stupid. So, um, but yeah, uh, just an interesting um, partnership. But anyway, uh, I guess that's kind of. I've been playing so much Wild Hearts lately that like I'm finally just at the point where I'm I'm waiting for people to kind of catch up to where I'm at. But like. Um, I'm like, I want to play something else. So apparently that's just been shooters and like isometric fucking hack and slash games. Because yeah, uh, I'm interested in Wilson, uh, interested in Diablo 4 kind of. Um, and then Last Epoch, which is definitely, definitely fun. But I'd like to play with people to see how that works. It is interesting though, before multiplayer was implemented in Last Epoch, it had a chat. So everybody's playing single player and talking to each other. So it's it's really weird that that reminds me of mobile games because mobile games do that. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah. People would be like asking questions like, "So how do I do this?" Blah blah blah. And be like, "Oh, blah blah blah." And be like, you know, talking about other games and stuff. So it has like, social features, but no, you couldn't play together. Yeah. Okay. So now you can play together, but when I was playing solo, I was still just reading chat while I was playing. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I was in mobile games the whole time. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Um, I'm not a huge fan of that, but I also just I don't want to see what people are saying half the time. So yeah, I'm a social dude. I, I like to regardless of what people are saying, I'm just like checking out what they're saying. Uh, definitely not talking to anybody on there though. I got nothing to say to the, those fucking people. Um, yeah, so like I said before, I've been playing a lot of Wild Hearts. Still, I am kind of taking a little break from it because I was just only playing that for like a week and a half. Um, I'm pretty much ready for Endgame. I uh, I farmed, I think, the last boss until I got the full armor set and the weapon. I've had that for a while, though, and I'm kind of ready to start doing the volatile bosses. I've already done a couple of them with randos, and they are pretty tough, but I like to do it with people I know. So um, when people already do that, um, I, I think Josh is like almost done with the story as well. So um, Scream and Chris are, too, I think. So. They are done with it, or they're almost done? I'm pretty sure they're done. I would hope by now. So um, I can't find the the time or motivation to play the game. So yeah, oh yeah, you played it <laughs> once. <laughs> I played forgot. it once. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I still love it. I think Twice, it's great. Right. Uh, I think it has a lot of really cool systems. Um, I love some of the stuff they have in the game that they didn't need to do. Like, um, I don't want to say it could be. I guess it'd be a spoiler. There's there's places that evolve visually that reminds me of Red Dead Redemption Two. Where, like, during the game, there's, like, a house being constructed. And later in the game, the house is, like, built. Um, small things like that. Things I expect okay. to see in Grand Theft Auto uh, 6. I think they said this, the cities are going to evolve. Um, which is going to be fucking wild. Um, this has something like that. And uh, I'm like, they didn't even have to have this. 
in the game, but they did. And it's like, you're watching this place kind of grow and evolve. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Like, that's not something I would expect from, from a game like that. So anyway, um, yeah, the game game's great. The end game's fun. And uh, they've already implemented uh, a new monster and some new events. So they are going all in on supporting this game this early already. So you love to see that. Um, and yeah, game's great. I'm going to keep playing it, but I'm at the point where I want to play a little more dedicated and have an objective. I, I was kind of going through and doing all the side quests, but uh, eventually I'm not going to have those anymore. So, yeah. Um, played some Sons of the Forest with Josh. We did some multiplayer. Um, I hate Kelvin. Um, he's funny as a meme when he's not in my game, but in my game, he was driving me nuts and I almost wanted to kill him. For anybody who doesn't know, Kelvin is a NPC uh, that you can assign tasks. And he used to, if you're like, oh, give me fish, uh, he would endlessly get fish to the point where he just start piling them up and they start rotting and stuff. They've made it so he has a limit now. So I'll send him on a task. I'll do it like three times. Then I'll go sit by the fire. My problem, every time I bring up I hate Kelvin, people look at me weird. They're like, why? And I'm like, he gets in the way. Like, yes, yeah, tell him to do something else. I'm like, I do. And then he stops and he comes back. He's in my way again. Um, He'll like go in my house and just stand in the doorway. He'll get stuck under ramps. He'll walk into walls. He'll get stuck behind some branch or something. Um, in combat, he doesn't fight. So I'm like, so you're just in the way getting hit by things now? Like that's not efficient. That's not an effective means for you to, to be here for. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I think he's a funny character. I do like if you were playing this solo that you can have an M NPC companion. Uh, it's great. But, uh, yeah, in multiplayer, when it's like me and Josh just getting shit done, um, I was like, I, is there a way I can, like, tell you to fucking go somewhere for a while and then come back? Um, he felt like he was just in the way constantly. But uh, me and Josh uh, played a little bit. We built an area, um, built, like, a cabin, built all the stuff like a fire, place to dry food and, and all sorts of stuff. Uh, we explored a little bit. We had a situation that I audibly was like, ah, like I was, it was nighttime. We're getting ready to go to sleep. We're in the cabin. There's like just two torches of light. That's it. It's, it's pretty dim. And I'm like in my inventory, Josh is in his inventory and I'm like looking through. And when you open your inventory, you put your backpack down, you spread across the ground, all the stuff that you have. And you like use your mouse to look around at all the things to combine things. Okay. I'm doing that. And I hear, whoo. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And I like, I get out of my inventory and there's just a dude in the cabin with us. And uh, instantly I had a bow and arrow in my hand. I shot an arrow right into his chest. He swung at me and ran out the door. And so me and Josh both chase him out the door and he's just running into the woods, just into the dark. And I'm like shooting arrows at him. Then we go back to the cabin and there's, we hear another dude. I come around the back of the cabin. There's another guy fucking around back there. And I'm like, for some reason, I just thought, like, at nighttime, these guys aren't going to show up. But, like, sure as fuck, they were there just <laughs> messing around. Um, that shit was horrifying. Um, yeah, so we did some explore exploration. Uh, we got to... It's still... It's very early in the game. So anybody who's playing this game a lot, I'm just going to be like, yeah, whatever. But uh, we got to the 3D printer. I'll just keep it there. Um, very interesting. We also went into our first cave that seemed to just go on for fucking miles. You would hate it. It's pitch black in there. Um, you have like, uh, you know, minimal light sources. You have some flares you can throw around. Um, and there's just dudes wandering around in the dark and they come attack you. And 
uh, me and Josh were just like battling through these dudes for a while. Got the zipline gun out of there though. So anybody who's been playing the game probably knows what cave I'm talking about. Um, so that was a fun experience. And yeah, I think that's about as far as we went. Um, and you played again. I've been playing other games a lot more than this, but I did finally play it a little bit. So mm. that uh, it's nice to be able to say. Um, let's see. So I've been really wanting to play shooters lately, competitive shooters. It's funny. I've been playing Wild Hearts co-op game, loving it. But the whole time I'm like, I want I want to fucking go against people. I want to win. I want to beat people. It's my competitive side coming out. I was like, I need something competitive. So I was thinking about, like, what shooters can I even play, though? Like, I can play Modern Warfare 2. It's fun enough, but, like, every time I play it, it almost starts feeling like muscle memory. I don't feel like I'm really thinking about, you know, tactics. Uh, We're supposed to play Battlefield 21 or 2042. I haven't touched it still, but uh, I'll get there eventually, I guess. Um, So, yeah, I was kind of thinking about things, and I was like, you know what game I haven't played in a long time? Fucking Hunt Showdown. I haven't played in, like, over a year. So uh, the last time I was, I was thinking about picking it up, they had added all these things. I was like, ah, it sounds like a lot. I'll watch some videos or something, and that I never did. Um, so I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to jump in. So I downloaded it again, I'm playing it, and uh, I forgot how much I fucking love Hunt Showdown. I always tell people that. I'm like, oh, it's, yeah, it's one of the best games, one of the best shooters ever made, which I 100% believe. But playing it again, I was like, hell yeah, dude. Like, I forgot how fucking good this game is. The audio design is so fucking good. It's still one of the best that exists. Um, the shooting is so good. The game looks awesome still. Um, the dark imagery is awesome. They've added... Uh, I got kind of worried when I started adding, like, uh, ammo types that have, like, you know, poison and, and fire and stuff like that. Um People are still mostly just shooting each other. They barely use it because you have to buy the ammo. You also have to unlock access to the ammo, which I didn't know about. Um, I believe they've added a boss since the last time I played. And they're going to be adding a wandering one soon, which is something they've been talking about for years. So it's cool they're finally doing that. So I think, I think that'd be really cool to have a boss that's just out in the open. Mm. That's not something they've done before. Um, yeah, they have a bug you can throw now and it's a drone essentially and at first i was like at first i was like i don't know if i like that because it sounds like they're just trying to find their way to do something called duty-esque but keep it in theme of the game and they it kind of is that but i kind of also liked it uh me and uh cody were playing and there's some we have this fucking weird game uh both bosses were being um um oh god i can't remember the word for that um banished or whatever uh, and there's a countdown and it lets everybody know and once th- that happens they're able to get their bounties and leave it's happening at the same time so we went to one of the two and i was like i've never used the bug before let's check it out so i throw it all of a sudden i'm in its vision and i'm able to fly up and down and i'm just flying it's super loud it's like so they know it's coming but i guess you can fly it in there and blow it up um so it's kind of like an rx rx oh god what is that rx d from from fucking Call of Duty, the little car that blows up. Um, but anyway, uh, I fly it in there, expecting to see two dudes huddled up, getting ready to try and defend themselves from anyone who tries to get the bounties. And there's just nobody in the fucking building. And finally it finishes up, and it's, the bounties are ready to be grabbed. I'm like, where'd they go? These dudes just killed the boss and left without the bounties? That's fucking bizarre. So finally, I'm like, Cody, go in there. He like sneaks in there and he starts grabbing, he grabs his bounty. And I'm like, you don't hear anything? He's like, no. 
I'm like, where'd they go? <laughs> and and he's like, well, maybe the boss uh, killed them. I'm like, where are their bodies? <laughs> like, this is <laughs> fucking creepy. I'm like, this. I feel like this is an ambush. And uh, so anyway, I uh, eventually go in there myself, grab the bounties. And then uh, I'm like, do you want to go grab the other bounties? They're just sitting there too. And he's just like, okay. And so we're going over there and we're both talking about it. And we both come to the conclusion. And we're like, what if they killed the boss here and they ran over and either somebody else killed the boss and they went to fight them to double up on their bounties or they ran over and killed the other boss. They're going to come back. Or what if they're waiting for us to ambush us? And Cody's like, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, okay, let's just be careful. We get there and it's fucking silent at the other boss too. <laughs> and I'm like, where'd they go? Why are there two bosses that were killed that just don't have anybody here? We go in this room and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, there's a dead body. There's a dead body at this place and there's a dead body right next to him. And then there's another dead body over here. And I'm like, did the guys who killed this boss run over here and they all killed each other? Because we found just a bunch of dead bodies. Right. Um, it was fucking bizarre. So we just like grabbed all the bounties and left. I was like, this is the easiest match I've ever had in my life when it comes to hunt. It was really weird. That, that's just kind of an example of it's how things. Fortuitous. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. But like, because it's hunt the whole time, I was like, we got to be careful because people strategize in this game. Like, and I don't know why two different bosses are just being given to us. So anyway, uh, I experienced the bug. I think it's all right. It wasn't too bad. It seems pretty fair. I mean, it's loud, so you probably can shoot out of the air. Um, but yeah, anyway, a lot of things they've added, I think, uh, have been responsible. They, uh, they added a bunch of new perks too, since the last time I played. And, uh, they seem creative. There's some really cool ones there. Um, I remember a while back they had added, I think it's Serpent or something like that, and you're essentially able to um, interact with rifts from uh, far away uh, before you have to walk up to them and interact with them, and now you can like do it through a wall, but it makes a bunch of noise and takes longer, so there's a risk and reward to that. They added a similar perk to that where you can do that to downed allies. You can get them from a distance, but um, I think... There's a negative to it. I forgot what it was, but it also takes longer. So you're risking getting shot in the middle of a, you know, firefight. So they've added a lot of really cool stuff to it. Um, the game's still great. Um, I am trying to shake the cobwebs off on my ability to kill people, but my first match, I killed three people. So I wasn't too upset with that. And then I got a doubled up bounty, uh, uh, match, on accident we didn't even have to do anything so that was kind of weird um but yeah uh, i'm going to be playing hunt uh more often again i i'm uh loving it and uh it's so refreshing especially when i'm sitting going like oh i want to play a shooter every shooter is just like a modern shooter where you're running around unloading and dying unloading and dying and i forgot you know just how cool of an idea hunt is so yeah really enjoying that and then on that same note, I also, uh, because me and Cody were playing Hunt, um, I was, he had picked up Marauders when me and Josh were playing it. So uh, I was like, we play that too. So we hopped over playing Marauders that Josh ended up hopping on as well. If you guys don't know what Marauders is, it's similar to Hunt. It's an extraction shooter where you enter an area, you get something, you leave. Um, in Marauders though, it's interesting because like you start the match from uh, your own ship and you have to fly to different uh, ships in space and you can fight each other out there too so if somebody else sees you with their ship they start shooting at you blah 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 they can breach your ship which is fucked up in fact somebody did breach me and Cody's uh, ship at one point and 
Cody was still pretty new, so he went and like was ducked behind a, a bed. And I was like running through the ship trying to find the guy who breached us. And when I came around the corner, I see a guy like looking at me from behind a bed. And I just went, bop, bop, bop. And I just murdered him. <laughs> and Cody's like, he's in here, he's in here. I'm like, oh, shit. He's like, what? I'm like, I killed you. I'm pretty sure I just killed you. Um, so that was that was kind of embarrassing. But Cody got me back because um, there was a situation where me and Josh and him were playing. Josh was up front watching a door. We're in the middle of a firefight. We're all shooting down the hallway. And then we kill one of the dudes. And then uh, I'm watching behind us because I know the gunshots are going to bring people. And uh, I hear somebody faintly out there creeping around. And I tell him, like, there's somebody back here. Uh, I don't know if it's an NPC or a real person, but there's somebody back here. And Cody's like, I think Cody's getting, like, amped up. He's like, (laughs) just sitting there. He's like, and also he's like, oh, shit. I'm like, what? He's like, there's a guy. And I'm like, where? And I, like, back away from the door that I'm next to. And I get shot. I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, I don't even see him. Where's he at? And Cody's like, there's definitely a dude. And, like, as I'm, like, turning to run into this kitchen, I look over. I see Cody get up, and he's running towards me. And in my brain, I'm like, oh, fuck. He thinks I'm the enemy. And, like, I run over to the other door, and he comes in. He's like, there's a guy in here. <laughs> he's looking right at me. And he starts shooting me. I'm like, I'm like, stop, 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 stop. And he's just like, what? I'm like, I'm like, you're shooting me. He's like, no, dude, there's a dude in here. I'm like, no, you're fucking shooting me. He's like, no, 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 there's a guy. He, starts, he just unloads completely and kills me. I was like, oh, you fucking killed me. He's like, no, dude. He's like, I shot the guy in the kitchen. I'm like, that's me. I'm the guy in the kitchen. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I'm the fuck guy. He's like, you said there's a guy. I'm like, I said I heard a guy. <laughs> like, it was this whole situation. He ended up feeling bad. He ended up grabbing my gun and my ammo for me, which I appreciated. Because in this game, if you die, you lose your shit. And uh, he brought it back for me or in the next match. But, uh, yeah, it, that's kind of the crazy things that can happen in this game. But, yeah, you enter these ships. You go in. You grab a bunch of stuff. It's very Tarkov-like. And uh, you end up extracting. And if you die, you lose your stuff. So, you know, high risk, high reward type game. Um, and that game is great, too. Uh, when that game first came out, I wanted to love it. And it had some hacker issues. But it's a lot better now. So I'm glad to see that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's everything I've been playing. Shooters and top-down games, apparently. And VR. So, a lot of fun. Um, anything else? You got to say anything you remember you played that you didn't mention? All right. Well, let us know in the comments what you guys, uh, what have you guys been playing? What games would you recommend us play? Uh, what's your favorite? Uh, what's a good competitive shooter should be playing right now? Because, like, I got that itch and I'm playing these and I'm loving them. But, like, I looked up a list and everybody's still saying, like, CSGO, uh, Valorant, uh, Apex. I'm like, yeah, is, is there anything else? Is there anything else? So uh, if you got recommendations, let me know. Or maybe if you are still playing some of these games, like Siege or something, should I return to those games? Um, and yeah, let us know in the comments everything you think when it comes to the games you've been playing and what games you think we should be playing. All right, so uh, we got quite a bit of videos to watch this episode, so let's just jump into them. First one being Robocop Rogue City Gameplay Overview. This is uh, PS5 gameplay, and uh, it's interesting because we watched the teaser for this when it first came out, and you actually reacted to it pretty positively, which I thought was interesting because you're not against the idea of playing shooters, but it's typically not like what you lean towards. I'll gravitate towards yeah. yeah. So uh, getting any kind of thing out of you that's not just like, well, it's not for me, uh, was interesting when it came to this. So um, 
yeah, I think it'll be interesting to watch this and see what we think when it comes to the actual gameplay, because before it was like a concept thing. So yeah. uh, is there anything you want to say on this before we watch it? I mean, I just kind of vaguely remember. I don't even honestly remember what what I watched, but I, I do remember um, that it was pretty faithful. And I think that yeah. was kind of a, a huge draw for me. There's obviously going to be some nostalgia with RoboCop with our, our age bracket as well. So True. Yeah. Um, I have more of an affinity for like Terminator, but um, sure, sure. I definitely watched RoboCop as a kid, and uh, you know the idea of just walking around as a robot with a gun, fucking serving justice, is uh, interesting. I'm curious how they're going to handle it because RoboCop like just walks, so mm-hmm. he's going to be like taking rounds while you're shooting people. It's it, gameplay wise, I'm I'm curious how that'll work out. So yeah, all right, let's uh, watch this okay. in three, two, one, and go. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. You came to clean up this city, didn't you? It'd be easier to burn it all to the ground. Looks good. Just burn it all. I think faithfully walking makes sense, but at the same time, in a modern day game, the idea of just walking, I feel like it's going to drive people crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think from, that's going to be tough for some people. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I go slow in every game anyway, so it's not going to bother me at all. But When I'm a running gun guy, but if the game's designed in like tight quarters where it's not really going to matter if you have to run across the map, you know, probably fine. Yeah. Ragdoll! Surrender your weapons. Juicy. The gun feels uh, impactful. Okay. I wonder if it's gonna be like a dash or something. The visuals is definitely very authentic. Bullet time. Fucking gross. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely gory. What you'd hope for. September 2023. One parking ticket is all it takes to improve mindfulness. True. Well, it's good to know it's coming out for PS5. Definitely knew it was going to come out for PC. Uh, what do we think? Um, <clears throat> I don't think it's going to be for everybody. <laughs> I think it's going to be for quite a bit of people, though, in terms of like just the the brand. Yeah, the the thing I think is got going for it is um, it'll likely be we still don't really have a lot of confirmation on it, but a very you know story centric you know game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do know there is an audience for that because you see there was like, you know, while there were like, you know, Call of Duty was dropping their single player, you know, and, and, uh, and Battlefield and all that stuff. And, and people would complain about that because that was their reason for buying it. Now they're the minority, but they're still there. Um, so stuff like this is, is going to be more at home for those type of people. And not everyone wants to play a multiplayer game. So, um, mm-hmm. that being said, um, 
I think just as an authentic experience, I, it looks cool to me. Um, and something I'm interested in. Uh, I just hope that there's more to do than just, you know, walk down hallway, shoot some guys, you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, we'll see. Uh, this, this was a good like show of like gameplay. And I just need like, um, details on like, I guess systems would be the next step. So, yeah, one thing for me that does look appealing is I, I feel like the guns feel impactful mm-hmm. when you shoot people. It feels like they're getting hit and they're getting thrown or whatever. Uh, also, the emphasis of ragdoll. Um, I know a lot of games just have ragdoll nowadays, but a lot of times it's not like exciting ragdoll. And this, it seems like people are flying around, which just kind of takes me back a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, uh, I think one thing hopefully this game will have is... Uh, obviously different situations you're walking into to essentially have this uh, shooting range, but um, hopefully different environmental things so that you're getting more from the combat. Um, Cause yeah, if it is just like every levels, you just walk in, there's dudes and you just shoot them that could get old quickly. But yeah. if there's like, you know, for instance, if like I don't know, like a garage or something, and there's a car up on the thing, and you shoot it, and it drops down on somebody. Things like that, I think, would make it more interesting. Uh, different environments, different environmental hazards, things you could take advantage of. Because um, then I could see, like you know, uh, even though I wasn't a big fan of the game, something like Bullet Storm, where like you're running through and trying to get creative on how you take people out, could make a game like this pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. But also, if it's really story centric and and tells it in a fun way that also could be a, a driving factor for wanting to play this. Um, but I think the combat looks pretty cool for a game where you're just kind of walking around. I liked they dashed in there and punched that person. I like that you can pick people up and throw Check them. them yeah. That seems super satisfying because the guy went flying down the hall into things. And uh, that's definitely something. I mean, I, I used to play any shooter I could when I was younger that had like crazy physics and ragdoll just, just to see what would happen in combat and that's mm-hmm. something i don't really experience much anymore so this kind of reminds me of of that um and then yeah if you're a robocop fan i feel like this game is going to be a must because like the last robocop games you got were probably on what sega or something probably yeah. it's been a while yeah. so to get like a fully 3d immersive first person shooter that's robocop it's kind of kind of crazy but uh I do feel like now more than ever, people are getting old IPs and making the games people want. We got the Starship Troopers game coming out that looks really cool. We got the Killer Clowns from Outer Space game. We're getting Ghostbuster games. All these things that, you know, a lot of indie developers are getting their hands on, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So, um, wonderful. Well, I, th- I feel like they've made plenty of Terminator games and they're never that great. Outside of the one in the arcade where you get to shoot stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good one. But, uh, but yeah, overall, um, I, I do, if I'm being honest, have slight concerns about this. But um, I also think a lot of the stuff looks better than I expected. So um, this is definitely a game I'm going to keep my eye on. But so far, it looks like a game I would probably pick up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, looks cool. You got anything else you want to say on it? All right, let us know in the comments what you guys think of RoboCop Rogue City gameplay overview. Is there something you noticed that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? And uh, are you excited for this? Or are you not excited for this? Are you going in kind of, you know, keeping an eye on it, but not, you know, super sold on it? And uh, what are some things you're hoping for from this game in terms of gameplay? Is the constant walking a concern for you? Or are you okay with that? And 
yeah, if you have any information on the game that you read, let us know in the comments below. And yeah, next video we got is Remnant <coughs> 2, the sequel to Remnant from the Ashes. Uh, and it says, Remnant 2 doesn't want you and your friends to experience the same game. This is uh, via IGN. And uh, yeah, it's going to be talking about how... Uh, has a similar system to the original game in terms of like randomizing things for every run, um, but they're taking it a step further. And yeah, uh, jumping in before we watch this, I love Remnant from the Ashes, and you actually liked it way more than I thought you were gonna like it. When we reviewed it, we're both, I don't remember if we gave it A's or not, but like, I think we both really liked it. So this is actually a pretty high, uh, priority game for me this year mm. i'm really excited to play it. and and sometimes i'll say that and a lot of people don't even know what it is still but then certain people are like oh yeah dude, i love that game and i'm like that's that's crazy but then some other people are like well the game is okay and i'm like man it's so it's so it's so weird the game exists and like a lot of people just didn't play it but then like the people did play it some people really dug it like i did and that's fine you know everybody's got their opinions but then some people are like eh, it's whatever so it kind of seems like a game that you know has a wide variety of uh, opinions on it from a lot of people. So uh, I'm actually surprised we're getting a second remnant, but I'm very happy about it. I can't wait to play it. And uh, if it has co-op, which I know it does, I'll be very happy. Uh, is there anything you're hoping to see from this? Uh, a longer game than the first one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if they just make it bigger than the last game in every way, and I thought there's plenty of stuff in the game, just the game itself, the story was, it was pretty short. so short. And you still got to play the one of the DLCs because um, there's more. Um, but yeah, I just think about all the items, all the all the weapons and stuff. I'm like, I just want more. I just want more from the game. That's it. You could have just made an expansion, but they made a sequel. So hopefully the sequel just offers way more than the last game. Um, and I'll be in heaven. So True. All right. Let's uh, watch this. This is, uh, I'm not going to say the whole sentence, in three, two, one, and go. This one has classes and class perks, which is different than the last game. Yeah. The last game you picked a class and it was starting gear. One big change we made for Remnant 2 was that we randomized the storyline. So if you go in and you fight a mini boss, and another player goes in and fight a mini boss in an area, they might have a completely different boss. You might have different events, there's different like random events that occur in the game, and even the layouts of the dungeons change and everything changed. If you played Remnant 1, and you both start the game, you're both gonna go into the city, you're gonna like find a big tower and save a lady in a church. Those beats were always the same, even if the mini bosses and the side dungeons switched out. But in this game, even that's randomized. When you go to a new area of the game, you'll get a random storyline. So even if you're in the same world, for instance, because there's multiple worlds in Remnant, you might get a different storyline. And they are pre-designed storylines. We, we designed and we scripted them out. You know, we have the high-level beats and that stuff, but there's multiple per world. So not only could you get a different world from another player, you might get a different storyline within that world. And it is a full storyline with its own NPCs, its own world boss. Everything's all completely different. Let's say by chance you got the same storyline, and by chance you got the same mini-bosses, which is highly unlikely. Even within those dungeons, the tiles you get and the events that occur are going to be different. So. The number of permutations pretty much ensures that two people playing the same area are going to get a different experience. Glad that's over. Fucking The way the awesome. world's generated is it starts with the high level. So the first thing it'll do when you go into a new area is determine, hey, what high level storyline are you going to play? 
And then within that storyline, there might be multiple dungeons. Say it has a certain number of side dungeons or a certain amount of mini boss dungeons. Those are going to make it more And within those dungeons, playable. all the tiles mm -hmm. themselves, which is how the, the maps are built, are randomized. Within a world, there's multiple different biomes, so you might you get different dungeon types, you'll get different overworld types, and they all have I'm their own different types. So of excited! Creatures. So if you give any boss A, you might fight these types of enemies within this environment, like floating islands or whatever. And if you get mini boss B, you might fight a different type of enemies inside of a crypt. So there's a lot of variety. I'm just gonna host and play through the first world, and then jump into somebody else's game. <laughs> play through their first you're world. See different enemies, different environments. I, uh, I just hope there's no bridge boss. The main reason we wanted to do procedural generation because we didn't Fuck want people boss. to experience the same thing twice. I have an anecdote where like I can't play a game more than once for some reason. If I've done something, I can't do it again. The huge incentive here was like, hey, I want to make a game that I would actually play through more than once. Hmm. I mean, that's, that's a good way to think about it. You're either talking yeah. to each other while you're playing, or you come back. I, mean, I love a game that's replayable. Stream and you're like, wait, that's not what I did, or like. Where are you stuck? Oh, I got stuck on this boss. He's this guy with big horns and he does this weird move. And you're like, I, I've never even seen that guy. I don't even know what world you're talking about. And the first game kind of had that, but not to the degree they're talking about. I don't right. think I've ever played a game like that where we can jump in and we're a couple hours into the game and it's like, oh, you're in this crazy world that looks like this and I'm in a crazy world that looks completely different with different storylines and quests. And you could play two full that games. Looks good. With not a single Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm so fucking and excited. That's kind of how we gauged how much content we wanted to make for each area. That's a pretty unique uh, experience. Huh. And the, the thing about the game, too, that I'm just really excited about is it feels like a sequel. Yeah. It looks better than the last game. It seems to have more to it. There's perks now to your class, so it's making you feel a little more individual because before it was all gear-based which I, I love, and hopefully that's still the case here, but that you're going to have abilities other people don't have. Which also has the replayability because you're going to want to try other classes. And 100%. Stuff, so. And then they're upping the ante in their random generation. Because before, in case, he, he explained it, but um, essentially you, the first area you're always going to go to is going to have certain areas that you're always going to run into. You're going to start at the same place in the city, and then your layout is going to be different than your friend. Um, and the items that spawn there are always going to spawn in the same place, but your map might not have that place. And so you could reload the city if you wanted to, or you could jump into your friends and see if you can find that ring or that gun or whatever. Um, but then, like he said, when you get to the church, you're always going get to get to that church, and you're always going to do that fight, and you're always going to get to the end of the city. There's actually two bosses at the end of the city, so it did already kind of have this system, but that they're really randomizing it to the point where like if you're playing for the same amount of time and I'm in this area and you're in this area it's completely different with different bosses it's pretty crazy so um yeah I uh, I love that um and looking at the gameplay it it looks like a better version of Remnant uh visually um that pet also seems a little more there's pets in the in the in the first one but they didn't seem as um like you couldn't interact with them and stuff like that. So I don't remember. So. I think you had pets, didn't you? That doesn't mean I remember. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. another thing that they've kind of upped the ante on really comes down to, you know, how long is this game going to be? And I've replayed the first game quite a bit, and I could still play it for sure. So um, 
but I could understand that criticism. Someone's like, well, you beat it. You're going to beat it a second time. How, how much more times are you going to play it? I was like trying to collect everything in the game because I wanted to make a you know, cool build. But also, as you level, you keep getting these skill points that you can put into passive perks. Um, and so I was just trying to get them all unlocked because I was like, I'm going to be the ultimate fucking um, whatever these guys are called. But, uh, but yeah, overall, this looks awesome. I'm really excited to play this game. And I would uh, definitely recommend if you uh, are curious about running from the ashes to check it out um, and uh, prepare yourself for this game because uh, I'm a big fan. So uh, what'd you think? Kind of jumped into my impressions, but that's fine. I mean, it, it looks cool. Um, I like uh, the different variety of, of uh, bosses, I'm assuming, uh, that we've seen and the, the variances in their sizes as well. Cause mm-hmm. like, uh, that that big like you know devil esque dude they showed kind of in the beginning and then the 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 guy who's glowing blue or whatever they're huge versus like this guy's not very big at all he's like more yeah. like um, you know normal sized I guess or average sized whatever yeah I feel like if you took the player out of these scenes they're very different places yeah. and they're very different enemy types yeah like that guy's huge yeah so um, which is cool because like the the first game uh, I won't spoil what the last boss is but the last boss is a pretty big thing to fight <laughs> so yeah and i think it flashed him i think in so this too. trailer yeah yeah because like the game ends my biggest disappointment of the game it just kind of ends yeah <laughs> i'm just like uh is that it yeah you fight That's the final the boss the and then it just ends and it's like yeah okay so <laughs> okay. um hopefully they handle that kind of stuff a little better um Gameplay wise, I, I had like no complaints, but um, I do think you know story could be improved, which is going to be kind of a, an interesting thing to see, anyways. With them like um, basically having story beats that are generated for you, I wonder how that's going to feel as a cohesive experience, or if it's going to come off very like Mass Effecty, where like. Uh, you know, someone's tone is different every sentence they say because, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're not following, you know, that recording session essentially down a, a, with your choices. So, yeah, um, be curious to see how they handle it. You know, obviously it's uh, an ambitious thing, so um, be kind of lenient on it. I, th- I feel uh, in that regard, but I'm also not always. You know, these kind of games, the gameplay definitely comes first. So, I wonder if that location. Um, not to interrupt, but every time I see that, it reminds me of Bloodborne. Mm. And some of the enemies re- kind of remind me of Bloodborne. And the first game was inspired by Dark Souls. I wonder if that's some kind of homage well, maybe. to Bloodborne. I do know that um, the game had some similar systems, too. So. Mm-hmm. It had a bonfire system. Um, you know, felt not quite lock on but like, you know, you could do melee combat and you're dodging a lot in combat while shooting. It's definitely, definitely inspired by it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it looks good. I'm also looking forward to, and, uh, like what kind of skills and abilities, you know, we're going to get with this mm-hmm. game as well. So, but I'm sure that'll be a video for later. One of the, uh, one of the videos they released, like a week ago was talking about the gunslinger mm-hmm. class and they're essentially just meant for DPS. Um, but one of their abilities, it's so simple, but it got me excited is it turns any weapon into a full auto weapon. Uh, when you activate it, 
And so it showed him with a pistol and he's like, and they like reload real quick and he's unloading. And I was okay. thinking like, you know, some kind of uh, carbine style rifle that has a lot of damage. It right, would be right. awesome to have him full auto real quick. Yeah. And uh, yeah, something simple, but I was like, that would be effective. That'd be like cool. Right there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Fighting a boss and just doing a bunch of damage real quick. So definitely sounds like Burst something the, I would, uh, uh, yeah. Sounds like something I would definitely want to play. Um, so yeah. Anything else you want to say? No. All right. Well, I am super excited for this game. I can't wait to play it and playing co-op is going to be a lot of fun, but let us know in the comments what you guys think about Remnant 2 and how they're doing uh, randomizing your playthrough as opposed to your friend's playthrough. And uh, if it's anything like the first game, you'll be able to hop in and out of each other's games. So uh, hopefully if you're playing a lot with that person, you can experience both. Um, and uh, yeah, what do you think about that system? What do you think about the original Remnant from the Ashes? If you played that, what did you think of that? What do you want them to be adding in this new one? How do you think they can improve the formula of that game? And uh, are you interested in it? Let me know in the comments below when it comes to Remnant 2. All right, we're playing a little bit of catch up, I guess, five days ago? It was like five days ago, the Capcom Spotlight came out, and uh, we didn't cover it, so we're going to cover it right now. Um, pretty much everything it showed off, but uh, there's a couple of videos in here I feel like we should definitely react to, like Exoprimal. Um, I completely forgot to fucking mention that I played the Resident Evil 4 remake demo. Mm. That's uh, what we've been playing thing. I'll say real quick, I played the demo. It's awesome. It feels like Resident Evil 4, the original, but better looking. Um, it's it's literally exactly what you're hoping for. Uh, it has a couple things that is different um, in this, and I appreciate that there is a secret hard mode and that there's a secret, uh, the TMP, I think it's called, the SMG. There's a way to get that in the demo, so I'm glad they had fun with uh, they knew releasing this. It was like the demo itself was going to be an event because the original Resident Evil 4 demo was like, huge i remember yeah. replaying it over and over and over again before the game came out it was like revolutionary back then uh and so you know releasing a demo for uh resident Evil 4 again um i'm glad they had fun with adding little things in it that you can unlock because it kind of reminds me of like back in the day when you got the playstation demos that had like secret games on and stuff like that mm. um so yeah i played it i really liked it i uh the day that this thing came out I was just on Twitter and said, there's a demo. I'm like, well, I'm going to go play that regardless of if we cover this or not. So I've already played it. I really liked it. Um, so yeah, we're going to watch this. We're going to catch up on all the things Capcom had to uh, cover. I think a lot of it's just stuff that's upcoming that we already know about though. Mm -hmm. So nothing too exciting, but uh, there'll be some things to talk about. Um, yeah. What do you guys say on it? Before we watch it. I mean... At this point, uh, unless there's a, a, a big new announcement, a lot of stuff they've announced, I've, I've already kind of made my mind up on. So mm -hmm. uh, I'd be curious to see like what even would be in here. But um, I mean, what I what I'd be looking for would be like Street Fighter or um, the uh, Mega Man Battle Network collection. So yeah. All right. Well, let's watch it. It's 25 minutes. everyone welcome to capcom spotlight i think it's funny but i we also love that everybody's doing games. the nintendo direct playstation state of play Stay style presentations to hear the latest on but they just have a guy capcom's talking and then they show titles. gameplay yeah i mean I, I like it uh, as a you know at home experience mm -hmm. uh, though it does kind of suck that there's not like no matter what we're you know, always connected further and further away from like a big event 
No, I, I like the events for the events, but I don't like that mid-ground where you got like the fake actors talking about the game, like Ubisoft does a lot, for the setting up setting oh, no, sets. Oh, super cheesy. Yeah. Oh, but they're like, I see Steam. Yeah. But they're like, oh, hey, Mark, we've been playing a lot of, oh, I've been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves. Oh, how's that going? Oh, I love it so much, playing with my friends, blah, blah, blah. I hate that shit. Yeah, for sure. To use in combat as you battle viruses on the net. Select multiple I never really the played these a whole lot because back then I was like into Mega Man and I was like, I don't want to play. That's not Mega Man. We also did Director Masakazu Iguchi, aka Mr. Famous. Battle routine set execute. It's a sick jacket. It's Mr. Famous. I'm excited to share. I don't know. The thing I like about it is it's kind of news with you all. How do I word it? The combat system video. is basically like a you know hard type thing where you know, this attack goes straight, this one you know will cover like a square of you know, two by two or whatever, mm -hmm. and then you can actively be moving on a three by three grid or four by four or whatever it is, um, and like you know certain blocks can become inaccessible or like some attacks can yeah, dodge in real time type of deal, but it's you're on a grid. Interesting. The whole thing is like you're a program. You're basically like an antivirus. And so like the whole thing takes place like a digital world as well. Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection includes all 499 patch cards from Battle Network 4 onward that were available only in Japan as physical cards. That's cool. In Battle Network 4, 5, and 6, players can enable or disable patch cards. Buster Max Mode multiplies the Mega Buster's damage by 100, letting players enjoy the story and speed up combat. Enemy deleted. Feature on or off at any time during the story, based on how you want to play. And don't worry, Buster Max Mode is automatically turned off for online net battling. That's all I have for you today. I've been Mr. Famous. Yeah, I don't feel Mr. like Mr. Famous. Mega Man Battle Network Collection uh, includes over 1,000 illustrations and 188 so, music so. tracks to enjoy in the gallery. With online play, players can connect with distant friends and rivals to trade battle chips and net battle too. Pre-orders are available now. Mega Man Battle I didn't Network know they made that many. Brings all ten mainline yeah. games to Nintendo Switch, I, uh, I PlayStation Four, I knew they made and like, Steam. I think up to four of them. Yeah, that, I thought like three or four. Volume uh, one and Volume two will also be available at launch. Nice. They're out here like play Starting March Mega Man Battle Network fucking eleven. Mega Man NT Warrior <laughs> will be available to watch for free. Check the official website for more information. NFT Warrior, dude. A new era of I like how the two hours looking forward to the first two. Let's change the pace. Street Fighter 6 launches June 2nd, 2023. This is the latest edition of the series that redefined the genre. I love the. In addition to fighting the character where the reveals, when they really kind of like show off the style of the game. Street Fighter 6 includes World Tour, an immersive single player story mode and Battle Hub, an online social space reminiscent of arcades. There are a That's number of cool. new ways to play beyond... They really seem to be going all out with this one. It's Today weird. we'll introduce the yeah, final color commentator included in the game. Now that we know our stage is 
Please enjoy this video. Okay. I'll try, dude. I can't promise anything. Let's watch a video on Tekken 8. This next generation of fighting games, man. <laughs> I love how even Street Fighter like 2 had like these really, I remember as a kid thinking the backgrounds were really cool because they moved, yeah. there's all these things happening, and I love that that's just been a staple of Street Fighter. Oh yeah, but there's just always stuff happening. I was like, I'm looking at all the details of of all the stuff they added back there. Obviously, it's not the focus of the game, but something I also really appreciated about it. Damn. I wonder if that's something they're gonna keep doing with it, having you know, special commentators that you can, I'm sure, buy. <laughs> Probably. Japanese actress Hikaru Takahashi is joining the fray, bringing our lineup of play-by-play -play and color commentators to a total of eight. Real-time commentary matches the in-game action and brings the competitive thrill and excitement straight to your home. Subtitles for real-time commentary will be supported in 13 languages. That's cool. Turn on rally support and the commentators will cheer you on. I like the most now. Creating a more personal experience. Yeah, if there was like one fighting game, you're like, that's the fighting game, I'd say Street Fighter. Everyone knows Street Fighter, everyone knows Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, very close. Pre-orders are now available, along with a limited number of pre-order bonuses. See the official website for details. I won't be doing that. We'll have more Street Fighter 6 updates later things neat, though. Yeah. It's a cool little feature they didn't have to add. I feel like I've seen that in another Capcom fighting game, but 2023 I don't invites players around yeah, the world I don't know. to I can't think of one. To be the best. Alright, ready? We're also proud to announce the 2023 season will feature Street Fighter 6. To celebrate the game's release, there will be a special prize package this season. The first place winner of Capcom Cup will receive $1 million. The total prize pool for the season will be over $2 million. But is it an like NFT? Share some exciting Capcom news. Capcom celebrates its 40th anniversary this June. As part of the celebration, we're opening a digital theme park. Town. 40 is crazy. A digital museum and other buildings. The grand opening is June 12, 2023. Please see this link for the latest. That's older than like most. A Capcom ID account is required to play Resident Evil, RE Verse, Exoprimal, and yeah, it's been around. Features of Street Fighter Six. 
only one I can think of that's probably older is like Atari. Services and I don't think it's the same Atari as Atari's Yeah, yeah. but the brand has been. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's definitely not the same Atari. Register now but like Capcom's yeah, been around a long time though. Because they had the weird like yellow yeah, back in the 90s. Genesis when they actually went by Electronic Arts. <laughs> so I remember their action game, players loading or intro for the IBS Corporation. Use a variety of unique exosuits and rigs to fit your playstyle and work with teammates to combat hordes of dinosaurs in Dino Survival. Let's take a look at the latest trailer. We have some surprises in store, so be sure to watch to the end. This game is so weird. I actually think it looks really cool outside of when we watched really gameplay. It seemed like there was just one mode and it seemed kind of basic. Back to 2014, yeah. Right the it was like PV, PV, <laughs> EVP game, right? This is no yeah. yeah. I think there's like another team also doing what you're doing, but you're like competing against them. So hopefully there's other modes. But like otherwise, being in these like exosuits fighting fucking dinosaurs, like that could be stupid fun for sure. One of the first outbreaks. Never found out more than that. You know how the Chief network Haruka was. Lorenzo. She is alive. In the island. In the past. I don't expect to see a story. Gameplay looks fun. It does just kind of look like a hack and slash, except for with guns. Yeah, I mean, even even early on, I kind of get EDF vibes. It just it has a PVP element too, which is a huge turnoff. For me. Mm -hmm. Like a forced PVP element. Yeah. I just have zero interest in that. And Capcom just kind of has a bad track record on multiplayer games anyway outside of like Monster Hunter and Street Fighter. Like Jeez. Resident Evil projects they've done, they're all multiplayer are like horrendous. Most of them. Still handsome. Ooh. I think it's supposed to be like a beta for this soon. Another yeah, SM one of the streamers I follow right? is playing it. Welcome to IBS. Okay, March 17th. Definitely be checking it out. I'm glad they're doing that because... I feel like I'm interested in visually, but I also think like gameplay-wise it could be hollow, so I'd like to try it out. Open is awesome though, I think visually it looks cool. Yeah. I like the design, I like... I mean, it's stupid that you're just mowing through, like, waves of dinosaurs like that. Pouring but, out uh, of orbs in the yeah, sky. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. But, like, you know, that could be fun. Oh, Game Pass getting it day one. What did you think? Maybe I don't have to buy it. We had it. a lot of new info, including the release date. Let's go over it in detail. If you want to. Exoprimal launches on July 14th. Before that, we'll be holding an open beta test. 
An open beta test. Network chest test. Experience the power of each exosuit for yourself as your team faces off against a wall of dinosaurs in Dino Survival, the game's main mode. Participants in the open beta test who fill out a survey will also receive an IBS metal charm that can be used in the full game. Please visit the official site for beta test timing, content, and bonus item info. Now, I'd like to introduce the Survival Pass Reward System. As players acquire experience points in the Survival Pass, their Survival Pass level goes up, and they earn rewards separate from player and suit levels. Yeah, the Survival the Pass one. includes a free tier yeah. and a paid premium tier. Purchasing the premium tier unlocks access to special rewards, including like, 19 I get in on that season pass and 10 thing. weapon skins. Yeah. Here are some of the rewards. The deluxe edition includes the Survival Pass Season 1 premium tier as an added limited time bonus. Exoprimal launches July 14th, 2023. Pre-order bonuses are also available. I really like the design Please of the exosuits. The like they made a game with just those guys as co-op. I mean, I'd, I'd play it. The latest yeah. I mean, this kind of is what I'm describing, but also has that weird PvP element we'll to it. More for you soon. We look forward to seeing you in the open beta test. Open beta test. your powers of the dead to uncover the truth about your death. <laughs> Ghost Trick, the classic mystery game from Ace Attorney creator Shujikumi oh, is being reborn. The game will release on it's June 30th, 2023. One night in a dark corner of the city, a man named Sissel is shot and killed. He reawakens as a soul and realizes he's lost his memory and his life. Who was I? Who killed me? And why did I have to die? These are the mysteries he's trying to solve with the powers of the dead. That sounds interesting because it looks 2D until they move. Sizzle has two basic abilities. Possessing objects in the ghost world. And then tricking them in the real world. I can appreciate this game's for somebody, but it's, it's not for me. I don't know if I'd be able to play this. Yeah. Looks neat, though. Is possessing and tricking all sorts of objects. Sissel will face death in many forms. Use the powers of the dead to go back four minutes before someone's death. Changing their fate will change the story. And that story must be linked in some way to the mystery of Sissel's death. This board includes updated high-res graphics, increased frame rate, an and an optimized user interface. There, buddy. True. Check out the new challenges feature. You can earn illustrations and music from the game by meeting certain conditions. In addition, 
all 37 tracks from the game have newly arranged versions. You can switch between the original and new versions as you play. That's cool. Hello everyone. I'm Shu Takumi, the writer and director of the original Ghost Trick game. Hat. We're thrilled to share the release date. It looks with like you a kid on a field I'm trip. I'm incredibly excited to revisit Ghost Trick. We had Yasumasa Kitagawa from the Great Ace Attorney series handle the music. He did incredible work remastering the original songs to match the new graphics. We've also added original music from composer Masakazu Sugimori to celebrate the new version of the game. I hope you enjoy these new songs. The story of lost lives and lost memory all in a single night. Ghost Trick will be reborn in high resolution with new music on June 30th, 2023 for I've never Nintendo heard of this Switch, game. PlayStation 4, Xbox I've One, I've never heard Steam. that name before. Or maybe if I did, I don't remember. I assume it was Check on the handheld. Check out the official so. website for information yeah. about the pre-order bonus. Please stay tuned. You see all these games you're doing with simultaneous releases on PC and console? Do that with Monster Hunter, please. True. And crossplay. The next, yep. The next Monster Hunter needs to have that and crossplay. Especially because fucking Wild Hearts has it at this point. So I'm just like, if they can do it, you can do it. It's time to awaken your hunting spirit on even more platforms. Monster Hunter oh, Rise yeah. is now available for Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S. Xbox One, Windows, PlayStation 5, and PlayStation 4. Hmm. Please watch this video with information about the latest promotions. forget about it it's on switch well the one i have i guess i could buy it for something else but i don't think i'd really want to restart yeah it might, might be a problem it's the same problem i had with monster Hunter world is uh, they release content at a pace that i can't keep up with and so mm. i get so far behind it becomes daunting
The massive expansion Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak will be released for these platforms on April 28th. I'm glad to see it's on everything now, even you can PS4 and to a host of Xbox features, One. Including new monsters, I mean, it should be able to run on there because it's on the Switch, but... To memorable new characters and, and then on PC, and then on everything the expansion else. expansion includes mm -hmm. the free title updates up to free title update 3 giving you instant access to chaotic Gormagala and other powerful monsters. We'll have information about future updates at a later date. Free title updates are also available for Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak for Nintendo Switch and Steam. We will host a Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak digital event in April to share the latest information about the next free title update 5. I'm glad they're supporting it like that though. Moving on to our next topic, we have news about the Resident Evil series. The series? Oh, the movie. I think it's interesting they're still making these like CG Resident Evil movies. I've never even watched any of them. It's very uh, milked IP. True. Resident Evil Death Island. We're excited to share this new preview with you all. You may have noticed Jill Valentine made a brief appearance at the end of the video. Resident Evil Death Island will release this summer. Shook's like Survival almost exactly the same beginning. as in Resident, Resident Evil, Evil 3 remake. Soon. Like same outfit and everything. This comes out soon. Everyone, I'm Yoshiaki Hirabayashi, producer of Resident Evil 4. We're grateful for all of the RE4 fans who are excited for the game's release. This game is a remake of the original, which was released in 2005. 2005. It takes place that six years crazy. after the Raccoon Almost City 20 years ago. People are still playing it. There's a Resident Evil 4 VR I want to try. Our goal is to create a fresh yet familiar experience. We've preserved the core of the original game and added updated graphics. Yeah, I mean, outside of like visuals and like maybe like old UI stuff, uh, games are pretty timeless for the most part. But we have a special announcement prepared for you today. Please check out this video. Pretty cool that when they did this, they released the demo day of. Yeah. Love when they do that. Though it, I think it was leaked because before they had this event, I saw somebody on Twitter say that they're going to release the demo today. I just got people are doing demos again, man. Yeah, yeah, same. What? 
The wait is over. A trial version of Resident Evil. It uh, I remember when I first played it on GameCube. It felt chaotic. Like oh, you got to keep moving, got to keep moving. But then you play it enough, you're like, yeah, whatever. And then so coming back to it, I kind of expected the same thing. Like yeah, shoot him in the leg, knock him down, shoot him. And I was doing that, but it feels like they're like on your ass way more in this, which is good because. With well a modern game, Xbox you want to you know, up the ante a bit, but like a couple times, I'm like, I really got it. I can't sit still because yeah. they start like they would start flanking and go to other paths and stuff to like make sure like they're surrounding you. And I was like, shit, I gotta like get out of here. So um, they did a good job with that. Standard edition and the deluxe edition include pre-order bonuses. Be sure to check them out. There's not long until the March 24th release date. True. Please enjoy the trial version until then. Thank you for watching today. Sorry how many survival horror remakes I'll be playing this year. Now if they would just take those philosophies and put them in new games. That's what I'm saying, dude. When I played Dead Space, I was like, man, if they there's just like a new game like this? Holy shit. And finally, we have a message about the Capcom publisher sale. The Resident Evil series, with the exception of the upcoming Resident Evil 4 and Monster Hunter Rise, are currently on sale. And we will be opening the massive expansion Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak for pre-order. Don't miss this opportunity to pick up digital copies of Capcom's hits. That's all for our event today. Thanks for watching. We look forward to sharing more about our latest titles through a future Capcom Spotlight or Capcom Showcase. Thanks for watching. See you next time. Yeah, see you next time. All right, uh, takeaways. Um, I mean, so there was no like surprises really. Yeah. Um, which is fine. That doesn't have to be every time. Um, I I think the the pacing was pretty good for the most part. Um. I'm struggling a little bit right now because it, it's pretty late, but <laughs> yeah, uh, you know they did a good job. They didn't like uh, sit there and like I don't know how to word it when they they talk about a bunch of stuff before they actually talk about the game. You know, like a lot of times you'll see, especially in like you know with indie devs, and I get it. Like they want to give them a chance to kind of like talk, but a lot of times too, it's just like. I want to see the game you're working on yep. and this kind of stuff is cool, but it should be something that people can see if they, you know, uh, pursue to look at and not like, you know, be part of like, you know, a 20 minute segment of the show mm -hmm. as an example. So, um, yeah, they did a good job. It, it, it's just following, like you said earlier, the Nintendo and, and Sony approach to these things now. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't think I have a whole lot more to say because I, the two things I wanted to see were right at the beginning. They were there, you know, I'm probably going to pick both of them up. So. Out of that whole presentation, what was the game for you? Uh, probably street fighter. Street to be fighter. Honest. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I assumed. Yeah. Um, 
I think it was a good presentation. I liked, you know, it was only 25 minutes, so straight to the point. There was a couple games there that are not for me, for sure, but I uh, I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this presentation really offered a lot of different things in such a small amount of time. We got sure. um, these these games that were released a long time ago coming uh, back, like this Mega Man Battle Network. Um, I never really got into those, but the idea that there was physical cards back then and they're allowing you to have all of them digitally is, is uh, nice to see. I'm glad they're not being lazy about uh, essentially bringing this back. Um, and then that ghost trick game that I've never heard of. Um, you know, if you're a fan of that, and it seemed like that guy made, what was the other one? Ace. Ace. Ventura, Ventura, not Ventura. Uh, <laughs> Ace. Movie, uh, attorney. Yeah, Attorney. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like if you played those games and you were a fan back then, you probably played this Ghost Trick game because you probably would have looked into the dev and like, oh, what else have they done? Um, so that's cool that they're bringing that back for for people. Um, I like that they kind of are redoing the music um, and you can switch between it and, you know, the graphics are updated and stuff like that. So that's cool to see. Uh, Street Fighter Six just always looks great. I'm definitely going to be picking it up. Um, I hope I like it because I can <laughs> never really get into the fighting in Street Fighter, which is the most important part. But uh, the quality is there and the features are there. And it just seems like I have to check it out. And I hope I'm super into it. Um, and, yeah, what they showed off here was really cool. Um, Exoprimal, I, uh, I'm still really mixed on because there's things about it I really like and things about it that I need to experience and luckily we are getting open beta uh i am glad that in this presentation we got not only a demo that dropped the same day but also uh an upcoming beta in the same month so not only is it driving hype for all these games it's also getting your hands on these games uh really soon after so uh if this event uh or this presentation achieved anything i think driving hype it did a good job on because it showed a lot of stuff we want to see about upcoming things and also is giving us opportunity to play them. So that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I'll have a better opinion on Exoprimal after I finally get to try it because uh, uh, I want to be stoked about it. But there's certain things about it that I heard that I'm like, oh, that's kind of a, not as cool as I was hoping it'd be. So we'll see. Um, Resident Evil 4 remake. Uh, I've already played the demo. It's great. Um, I'm really excited to play it. I'll be picking up day one for sure. Uh, the presentation was very simple. It's more about the demo is out than the game itself. They barely showed anything, but I don't really need to see anything. I'm already going to buy it, so that's fine. Uh, Monster Hunter on everything. Great. Awesome. Uh, you know, a lot of content. Um, you're getting the expansions. You can play on PS4 and Xbox uh, One, which is great. And I feel like I'm missing one game. I don't remember. I don't remember. Overall, the presentation, though, I think was to the point really well done. Um, but there's just a couple things there that are kind of a lull for me because they weren't for me. But that's fine. They're for somebody else. So um, overall, really good presentation. But yeah, no, no big, no big announcements, no big bangers. I guess if the demo didn't get spoiled for me, it would have been really exciting to see that. I was like, watching in the moment, the, yeah. the demo was. It would definitely be like the thing. I, I, I want to see the analytics of that video on right when they announced the demo. The viewer drop off. Yeah. Like, oh fuck, bye. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go play that. <laughs> That's probably why they left it at the end. I mean, yeah, because um, they're like, we're gonna lose everybody once we tell them that they can play this game right now. I got people on TikTok hitting me up going like, do you, do you know about the TMP? Do you, like they're asking me about stuff. I'm like, it's a demo. That's wild that people are like talking about things you can do in the demo. Yeah. Like, that's good. For sure. So, um, yeah. Anything else you want to say on it? No, not really. All right. 
Uh, very cool future for Capcom. Looks like they're doing they're they're on a stride right now for sure. Ever since Monster Hunter World, they've been just like knocking it out of the park left and right, and uh, no sign of stopping, which I'm very happy to see. So let us know in the comments what you guys think of this cop, uh, Capcom Spotlight. Uh, presentation uh what were your big takeaways from it what are you excited for what are you not excited for what do you think about exoprimal people seem to be pretty hyped for it so uh, i feel kind of crazy when i talk about it so let me know if you're excited for it let me know if you're not excited for it and uh, maybe you're cautiously interested like i am um we think about resident evil 4 what about the demo did you play that what'd you think of it and uh what do you think about monster hunter uh did you ever play ghost trick and uh, are you excited for that? And Battle Network, are you excited for that? Let me know everything you're thinking about in the comments below. All right, we're gonna read your guys' comments and reply to them. If you want your comment to be read, type in hashtag uh, at, <laughs> AskTLG, hashtag AskTLG. Um, otherwise, I'm gonna read it random. So if your comment doesn't get read, type that in. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go at it. So we did uh, the last Tasty Cast where we covered uh, PSVR 2 because you just got and we talked about that. We talked about Dead, Spe Dead Cells, uh, Castlevania, and we watched a lot of Final Fantasy 16 stuff. And so we got two comments I'm gonna read. First one is from Ego Border uh, saying, I'm highly optimistic for Elden Ring DLC. FromSoft has a history of using DLCs to provide a finely distilled content from the base game. The fact that they've uh, that they're gonna take their time with it, making a point to say it's in development makes me hope it will be quite transformative. I agree. Um, you always expect DLCs with from software games. They've been doing it for a while, and they do uh, add like new areas, new bosses, stuff like that, uh, exciting stuff. But the way they're handling this announcement makes me feel like they're spending more time on it than they typically do. And for good reason. Um, the game did well. We talked about in that episode and everybody knows. Um, and with a game that's actually like open world and you can like run around and, and do whatever you want, it's kind of begging for like, you know, something like a new island or, you know, a new location or multiple new locations uh, to explore. And uh, yeah, when they say it's in development, that's kind of the the wording you'd use if you're talking about if you're making a game or something, and not just like, oh, an upcoming DLC is coming out. Um, so, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you're saying, and uh, I am hoping, just like you are, that it's going to be um, just upping the ante on what you expect from games uh, that they've done before. So, um, yeah. I don't have really have a history with um, FromSoft games, so kind of hard for me to talk about uh, their past at all um, but I, I mean I'm looking forward to the DLC so yeah alright well thank you for the comment Ego Border the next one we got is from uh, Flapjack Daddy Clap Dummy Thick pan Pancake Cheeks No Syrup Never gets old. Uh, saying, I can't speak any more highly of Elden Ring. I never had any interest in Soulsborne games and only picked Elden Ring up at launch due to the sheer level of praise it was getting. Even still, I didn't actually start playing until January of this year. But I ended up getting the Platinum and am on playthrough 7 or 8, I think. Haven't played in probably a month and a half or so, but I'm hyped for the expansion. Final Fantasy 16, yes, baby, give me some of that. Also... Uh, I too couldn't stand Shadow of the Colossus. Well, that's that's fair. Um, I mentioned in the last episode that Josh is not a fan of Shadow of the Colossus. Um, we're not really huge fans of it either. 
I don't dislike it. I don't have any strong opinions, but yeah, Yeah. it's like, it's whatever. Yeah, I always thought like it was okay, but like back when it came out, some people like really loved it, really resonated with them, and that's fine. But Josh always makes it a point. That game, I think he just didn't like the the hype it got, so he he does the reverse hype of like, I fucking hate that game. And he's very like, let it known, uh, let it be known, and I'm I'm fine with that. He's he's not like a dick to anybody who liked it, but I think it's always funny when a game comes up like, Josh is like, fuck that game. So uh, very interesting that you also couldn't stand it. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy 16 uh, agreed. We're both on that uh, train as well. So. Uh, preach and then uh yeah you waited a little bit to play elden ring but as soon as you started playing it you um you're definitely in the discord talking about how much you were liking it and uh at this point you're playing through it seven or eight times i'll say ng um, plus eight so yeah um definitely shows you're you're enjoying it but this game it makes sense a lot of people i know played it a lot um like everyone was just playing and playing and playing and for a while there for months it was just like you know, new game plus, how far can you get into it? It's crazy that it even supports like that much. Um, and then you get the platinum, which is, you know, congrats on that. Um, it's interesting too, because I remember talking to you about you couldn't really get into like other games in that genre and other from software games. So it's cool to see that Elden Ring was the game that did that for you. Because admittedly, um, I played Demon's Souls when it first came out. I was like, yeah, it's a pretty cool game, whatever. And then I moved on with my life. And then Dark Souls came out. I'm like, oh, shit, they, this is like a reboot. And so I played that. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool, whatever. And then this is going to sound like blasphemy because I know people hate this game or have their strong opinions on it. But uh, Dark Souls 2, it's just the right time, right place, the atmosphere, the world. It just clicked all of a sudden. I was like, holy shit, I love this game. And then I went back and played Dark Souls, and I went back and played Demon Souls, and that's where I like really got hooked on them. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting how there's always like that game in the series that that hooks people sometimes like that. Like um, uh, Sekiro uh, hooked a lot of people randomly, and uh, Bloodborne obviously was like an event. Like yeah, I said, Bloodborne's a lot of people's favorite. So it's my favorite for yeah. sure. Um, it's very close with Elden Ring though, but. Bloodborne's just so unique in the in the world of From Software Dark Souls style games. So yeah, I love the setting. But yeah, uh, glad you're enjoying Elden Ring. And uh, would that have been the the year that game released? Would that have been your game of the year? That's my question. Was that that was last year, right? Yeah, it was. Or God of War. Let me know. Thoughts. Um. I, I don't play, you know, a lot of Souls games. I've, like, dabbled in a lot of them, but I don't, like, uh, none of them really hooked me. The one you played the most before Elden Ring was Demon's Demon Souls, Souls yeah. which is weird. Yeah, I played quite a bit of Demon's Souls. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Elden Ring, I I just think it has such, like, a high, like, fantasy element to it because you're just mm-hmm. out in this, like, grand open area. Um, it just feels like you know the fantasy campaign you know i wish a lot of games were uh agreed so uh and i don't necessarily mean mechanically i just mean in the sense of like just the the sheer uh scale and like imagination is is amazing so and uh, that very from software world design yeah on a large scale it's gorgeous um 
Well, just like on an artistic the, level, the, I should say. Yeah, the intricacies and like where paths lead and the design of like when you first go to a place and there's like, you know, when you first go through that one path uh, from the beginning area and that guy like jumps down mm-hmm. for the first time ever. The gate, yeah. yeah um, just those things. That's like, you know, when you played, uh, uh, oh God, was it Demon Souls or Dark Souls? I think it's Demon Souls where the ball rolls down and hit, or was that Dark Souls? No, it's Demon's, Demon's Souls. I think it's all of them. But. Yeah, wh- yeah, but it was like the first time you ever played it, you walk up the stairs and the, the ball just rolls at the, you. And you weren't a, expecting it, but then you play it again, you always know it's going to happen. That was Demon's Souls. It's uh, it's really cool to see those things make it into an open world. Yeah. Because I was wondering, like, are they going to be able to handle an open world? They do these, like, you know, intricately designed maps so well, but n- no, they confidently were able to offer an open world with that kind of design and then their pedigreed uh, level design in these like dungeons and like locations you go to. So they, they knocked out of the park. I also really enjoyed that uh, no matter where you go and what you do, I, I never felt like I was wasting my time in that game. No. So Yeah, I which is huge. was so immersed in the game when I was yeah. playing it. Um, and then, yeah, Final Fantasy sixteen, absolutely. That, is, mm-hmm. that was... I. I'm the I'm the guy though. They're gonna announce a Final Fantasy. I'm gonna buy it, and even if it's one people don't like, I'm probably gonna be like, yeah. I mean, it was all right. It's not their strongest work, but it was all right. You know, that I'm I'm just that guy. So, um, that was gonna be a buy anyways. And then just seeing how awesome it looks, um, I'm all for it for sure. I have a feeling, and hold me to this by the end of the year. I think Final Fantasy 16 is probably gonna be my top three of the year. I haven't played it obviously, so I'm speaking out of nowhere no knowledge of anything but just looking at them like seems like it's like that level of a game yeah uh i have my personal skepticisms because i'm not super fond of how the combat looks uh, mm-hmm. but i'm gonna play it so yeah at the very least you'll get a cool story yeah hopefully we but, don't know yep. but it's it's your team working on it though so it i feel like they're gonna make it just for you I don't know about that, but yeah. (laughs) All right. Anything else? No. Thank you for the comments. And we're going to move on to the next episode, which was a short from one of my TikToks. I actually added uh, graphics to this to kind of back up what I was saying. There's a good face. Um, There's also a good face. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I, I added graphics to it to make it a little more YouTube friendly. But this is me just ranting about dr disrespects nft situation and uh we got a couple comments so we're gonna read those real fast the first one is from writer welcome back he comes and goes um saying more like seth body's disrespect check it out i live for it uh, i appreciate that um i don't typically do the spicy content um i haven't followed this guy that closely but he's a bit of an eccentric makes sense he would think though uh, people weren't into the gaming NFT bullshit when massive AAA companies tried to incorporate and sell them with way more uh, competent marketing. They'll pounce on his uh, pounce on his like guinea fowl on snot because of some ex game dev ex Twitch streamer known for some antics said, "Buy it or you're brain dead." True. Uh, not to put two and two together like that, but they probably won't. Funny how that works. Um, yeah, I feel like one of my frustrations with the situation is like we already had this conversation and we already had these lessons learned and we're seeing the end result of those lessons learned now 
it's still happening and it's overall negative for anybody who was really pushing this stuff and to see someone just kind of enter the arena now uh reintroducing the idea of this and then wanting to get into uh combat with the people who are obviously not into the idea of nfts because we already went through this uh it's really kind of crazy to see um so yeah if like you said large companies like square enix or ubisoft one of the was one of the big three i don't even know what the fuck's going with them now um if they can't get it going like some streamer who has like a small indie dev behind him is going to revolutionize it i mean i'm not somebody who's going to go yeah you can't do it but prove it let's see it like if if you got such a cool idea for nfts uh stop talking about it and just show it off then give them away for free at first maybe to show people how cool this nft would be because uh, uh, the value of nfts is dictated by the scarcity but only if people care about that scarcity so um but yeah you got anything to throw in there i mean guy who's effectively a business uh speaking to his consumers uh poorly is not a good business strategy That's always that's what I get so fr- I get so frustrated all the time. I don't care if I even think the backlash they're getting is like whether I agree with it or not. When when the person who's trying to sell you something to get your money starts like firing back, it's like I get at a certain point like you're human, you should be able to defend yourself, but you have to understand you you have a relationship where you're trying to get something from someone. And so when you start attacking these people, it's not it's it's a horrible strategy and the only time it's ever like not really uh affected the person is like naughty dog when last of us part two came out and there's the big thing happening and neil Druckmann was talking shit back to people i was like stop don't like just ignore it just mute these people block them um but that game sold well and got all the awards so it didn't really matter but a lot of times you know people working on battlefield want to start talking shit back to people and then their game doesn't do well and they're like i don't know what happened what's going on and uh it's just bizarre because it's like then they try and blame something else and i'm just like no you fucking destroyed your relationship with the people you're expecting fucking money from what are you talking about so yeah i mean if it's like if i you know had an ice cream shop and i decided to make charcoal you know flavored ice cream people didn't like it and then I told them they're stupid. Like that not only am I offering something they don't want, now I'm not really not incentivizing them to come back because I'm insulting them now. So. Yeah. And you're willing to put your thoughts of trying to, you know, belittle them and sometimes try to imply they're bad people for not wanting what you're offering. Yeah. Why would they wanna give you any money for the product they don't want? It's it's fucking stupid. Um so yeah anyway if it's just a person with an idea and they want to fire back cool but like that relationship they they, more and more and more we see people with movies or whatever it's like oh you don't want to watch this movie you're just a piece of shit here's why you're bad this is why you're a bad person because you don't want to watch this movie it's like no 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 no. you got a product people don't want it It doesn't matter why they don't want it you want their money you got to make something they want to see plain and simple it doesn't fucking matter um so yeah anyway yep uh, thank you for the comment, writer. Uh, let's see. Soldier Boy 3064 says, why, why does the game need this? 
Why? The problem with Dr. Disrespect is he's wearing that stupid outfit, so it interferes with his already limited skill set. Leave the stupid NFTs alone. I think that's simple enough. Um, why does it need it? Uh, we're going to find out. I don't think it does, but maybe it's going to be amazing. Maybe it's something that will blow our minds and we'll go, whoa, okay, well, we thought we didn't want it, but he had this wisdom and uh, they nailed it. And we now love NFTs in video games. Now every game will have NFTs in it. Um, but as of right now, uh, the examples we've had given to us from uh, devs wanting to offer us NFTs have largely been uh, met with negative reception because they're not interesting. Yeah. They're just ways for them to get our money by a different means on top of the fucking season passes they offer, the loot boxes they did offer, the DLCs. It's just another means of getting more money. And like, that's exciting for them. But like for us, like, I don't give a fuck if I'm like one of the five people who has a red shirt. I'm not going to pay for that. I don't care. Yeah. Give me actual content in the game. Otherwise, I'll play some fucking game that respects my time. It's simple. When they start offering shit like that, I'll go play other. I'll play indie games again. The indie boom 3.0 will happen. Doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, I agree. Why does it need it? Guess we'll find out. Um, as for what he's wearing, is stupid and uh, it limits his uh, already uh, or interferes with his limited skill set. I've I've never understood the appeal to Doctor Disrespect because people are like, oh dude, this guy's like fucking crazy and edgy. I'm like, dude, anytime I watch a video on that guy. He's not that great at games. People tell me he's like some great FPS player. I watched him play like random battle royales and within five minutes he would start doing bad and start making up excuses and then uninstall it. And I'm like, what a baby. And people are like, oh, it's a character. Well, <laughs> I'm not interested in that character. Um, but then, yeah, then otherwise he's just yelling about shit and not even in like a funny, always raging way. It's like an eight-year-old throwing a fit. It's like he's one step away from pissing his own pants. It's fucking, it's really kind of cringy for me. So, um, yeah, I've never understood. But I don't know about the skill set. I've tried to watch a couple of his videos to understand, and I didn't see somebody who's good. In fact, Esmond Gold, I watched a video with him where he was talking about something, but he had brought up, he's like, it's like Dr. Disrespect. You know, you get those viral videos where he just pops off a shot and hits a guy at like, you know, really far away. But then when you watch his streams, he's always taking those shots, but he's missing them. And he's always, you know, taking the shots and missing them. But when he gets it, that that clip will go viral. And I'm like, yeah, it's all of them. They're all, you know, looking for that fucking content. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean they're good. It's just, you're only seeing when they do good, so. Um, leave the stupid NFTs alone. Yeah, unless you have something that is going to add something that you kind of bring it up. Something that's going to be fun for the gameplay. If you had something that's going to enhance gameplay and make it better, cool. But if it's just like another thing you can sell us, not interested. Through, through a means that you know can just be accomplished through a serial number. So I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's just over. It's just overcomplicating something that doesn't need to be overcomplicated. So. Sure. And one thing they keep trying to push to somebody was like, Oh, he's trying to do this. I'm like, everybody said they're going to try and do this. There's this idea that you'll buy an NFT of uh, we'll just say it's like gloves in a game. And then when they release another game, you'll be able to transfer those gloves from that game over to another game in theory. Yeah, I get that. But like, are you just going to copy this game's, everything over to the other game so it's just like barely another game to make sure those gloves fit that character correctly like is it on the same engine yeah, i mean you're is taking it, into account that everyone is going to start making their games with this idea that there's going to be 
this modular system mm -hmm. for that. No. <laughs> yeah. And then like maybe the gloves can like change shape and size, but eventually down the line, those they're going to look like shit when it's outdated. Yeah. So it's like that idea on paper kind of slightly sounds interesting. I'd rather just make a brand new fucking game. It's exciting to play. I don't want to have old content. I keep bringing over to new games constantly. Um, I guess the idea of like, oh, I got the sword in fucking this game, and four games later, it's not even the same series of games. I can bring that sort of like, this just sounds like a jumbled mess. It yeah. sounds like directionless, and I, I, I don't think it sounds appealing at all. So, again, you got to prove that as a thing that I'm going to want to play, because otherwise, it sounds like shit, and I don't think they're going to be able to accomplish it. So, mm. uh, yeah. Anything else? Um, I mean, why does the game need it? It doesn't. They want to put it in the game. Uh, leave them alone. I will Great. say it again. The people who are the most excited for NFTs are the people who want to sell them to you. Yeah. Those are the people who are enthusiastic about it. Um, and I can't really speak too much on, on uh, Dr. Disrespect uh, in part that I would be a little hypocritical being that I, uh, I like to watch VTubers and they're also playing characters. So, um, but his personality, not really my cup of tea. So Agreed. I thought it was really interesting. It was almost ironic. Somebody on TikTok was not so stoked about what I said about Dr. Disrespect. I'm like, this motherfucker's got a doctorate in disrespect, and I can't disrespect him. Shouldn't his community be a little more embracing of uh, of just some slight ribbing? No, no. Got to be uh, gotta protect a him. loyal follower of your yeah. uh, quote-unquote idols i suppose yeah you can like him i don't care i won't talk shit about anyone that likes him i just i don't like him so i'm gonna say what i'm gonna say about him um but yeah thank you for the comment soldier boy and thank you for the comment writer and thank you everybody who commented on these videos and thank you everybody who joined us for this episode of the taste cast episode whoa shit what was it 183 <laughs> i think it's 183 we had an episode it was an episode of all time it was, a, it was yeah it was a big one uh i've been seth this has been chevy thank you for joining me chevy for this episode and thank you guys for joining us for this uh and uh yeah we'll talk to you guys later all right that's gonna do it for episode 183 of the tasty cast as always thank you for watching make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode make sure to check out our other episodes check out our streams and socials links down below check out our discord link down below you can talk to us anytime all time or on itunes spotify and other podcast platforms if you prefer to listen to us in audio form we have a patreon if you'd like to support this channel more than liking commenting sharing and subscribing for brand new and i have a tiktok link down below if you'd like to watch my shorts since i can't upload them to youtube for some reason and yeah Hit that like button. Help us out with that. Comment, of course. And I've been Seth. And until the next one, have a good one, guys. And take it easy.